What's happening, weirdos? Uh, sorry, this is posting a little bit late. I forgot that it was Tuesday. I recorded the intros on Tuesday, and I forgot. And then I woke up, and Katie was like, ah. And I was like, ah. And here we are. Uh, this is Adam Scott. We recorded this a little bit a while ago. Um, but what a delightful chat, and what a delightful man. And uh, I'm so happy that we get to post it today. Not much to say up top. Um, please check out Comedy Sex God, my book. I mean, you guys know about this. If you listen to the podcast, you know about the book. But it means so much that people are reading it and that people are liking it and responding to it. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, I also love to plug Michael Gunger's This. I just tweeted last night. I was like, they're like sibling books. Michael's book goes a lot uh, deeper. Um, and it's really about his life and also really, really interesting and well-articulated and funny and smart uh, thoughts about uh, non-duality, basically. It's also not a religious book, per se, or selling some sort of belief system as, as much as it's about the oneness of things, which I love. It blew me away, so check that out as well. Uh, also, I want to plug the uh, Pete's Picks, making the show, making the show possible. <laughs> and these are obviously products that I use and love uh, almost every day. Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil is the first and original Pete's Pick. Uh, as you guys know, this is, this is my go-to when I'm stressed. This is my go-to when I have a headache. This is my go-to when I'm traveling in a middle seat and I'm in a bad mood. Or back when I was shooting Crashing and I was overwhelmed and I, I just couldn't get into that into a happier, lighter place. It's hemp oil, which means it's made from the, the hemp plant, but it doesn't get you stoned because they use THC to remove... Uh, they use THC. They use science, excuse me, to remove the THC and leave the body and brain beneficial CBD, which helps with a whole slew of things. I can speak for me anecdotally, is that it helps me, as I said, with stress management, helps me with mood elevation, it helps me uh, lower my anxiety, it helps me sleep, helps me rest. But also, the main thing I use it for is when I'm awake, when I am working. It's not something that I use to recreate, it's something that I use when I'm writing a script, and I just can't find that happy, healthy, joyful, kind of glowy place. Uh, so it makes me a little bit easier to smile, a little bit faster to laugh, lighten up and I love it so so hemp is one of our great plant allies and this is a uh, non-intoxicating version of that just a health uh, uh, beneficial health health beneficial version of that so I like to get the original formula mint chocolate they also have uh, balms which are wonderful for soothing the skin if you want to get hemp uh, on to you topically so go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code KEEPITCRISPY19. The other Pete's pick that I use, this one I absolutely use every day for sure as well. Uh, it's called Kachava. Kachava. It is a plant-based uh, superfood drink mix or a powder. Uh, they sell them in these awesome brown sacks, basically. They, they look like sacks. It's made out of uh, plastic, but it looks like it's from the jungle because that's where they got the ingredients. They went into the jungle to find the most exotic, nutrient-rich superfoods that have been revered and used by tribal country, uh, cultures for centuries. Uh, and I love it because it's absolutely delicious. As I always say, it's the only weird sort of plant-based superfood drink thing that I've ever tried that Val loves. That's why it's become 
our only superfood drink mix that I love uh, because it's got coconut nectar, which is a low glycemic sweetener, and it's got powdered coconut milk in there, which means you can throw it just into water, you shake it up, boom, you got a smoothie. I thought I was going to be adding it to my smoothie, and sometimes I do, but it's also good enough just to make in water, which is amazing. You can also make it with strawberries and almond milk, and it tastes like ice cream. It tastes like chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream, which is incredible. Because it's 100% plant-based, it's got omega-3s from chia and flax, it's got eight superfruits, it's got 17 greens and veggies, it's gluten-free, soy-free, no artificial sweeteners or preservatives, it's got 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens, 24 grams of plant-based protein, 9 grams of fiber. This is something that I travel with, it's really hard to eat healthy on the road, it's also something I make for myself when I'm taking care of baby Lee in the morning, I make her a bottle, and then I make myself a bottle. It's a meal and a pill, it gives you a nutrient high, makes you feel amazing because of the maca root, the cacao that's in there, the raw cacao. It's it's a meal and a pill, and I love it. You can get 20% off your order and show your support for this podcast. Go to kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird, and you get 20% off. Uh, that's it, guys. In the meantime, enjoy the hilarious and thoughtful Adam Scott, and uh, yeah. Oh, right, I have book shows. Shit. I should have plugged the book shows. Go to my uh, Twitter. I think they're on my Twitter. Yeah, it's going to be Monday in Denver. Yeah, I should have been plugging this. Monday in Denver, Tuesday in Portland, uh, and that's it. Is that it? This is really professional. Monday is Denver, Tuesday at Portland. Yeah. I hope you guys, I hope you guys can be there. It's going to be awesome. Portland's going to be with, uh, well, Denver's going to be with Nadia Boltzweber, which is going to be amazing. I, I forget who Portland is, but these are going to be great shows. I hope you guys can come out. They're not stand-up shows, but they are funny, where I'm going to be talking about Comedy Sex God live. And uh, you can, like I said, go to my Twitter for links. I'll tweet the links out this morning. Okay, guys, enjoy. Adam Scott, see you in Denver. See you in Portland. And enjoy. Get into it. Shit, I forgot. And San Francisco. That's the other one. <laughs> it's going to be San Francisco at Cobbs. Uh, on the 10th is Denver. June 11th is San Francisco book show. And on the 12th is Portland book show. I'm going to tweet all three uh, again now. Um, but the San Francisco one is at Cobbs. The Denver one is at Comedy Works. And the Portland one, uh, I'm going to look that up now. But uh, yeah, I'll tweet it. Okay, sorry. Get into it. If there was a You Made a Weird drinking game, you, we didn't used to record in here, yeah. and now, obviously, if I did a podcast and somebody had a sauna, I would be like, is that a sauna? But that is now the new Have We Started. The cliche, the cliche used to be that every episode starts with the guest saying, have we started, because we just start recording. Yeah. And now people know the show has started because they say, is that a sauna? And it is a sauna. Do you have room for that? In your home. A sauna. This. Can you, you know, handle I, that footprint? I wonder... Because I'm, all I'm going to say is, because you should get one. I'm just wondering where you, uh, where you get that. Is, there a, is it just like a sauna spa store? <laughs> Saunas and spas? There's a place in Hollywood called Sweat Theory where you can Of course use there them. is. Yep. I know. Welcome to the Unrelatable Podcast. Have you Who been trims to your toenails for you? Have you have you been to uh, 
the fuck is that place uh, um, on Coanga? Swearing is necessary. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm just. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I was Um, kidding. (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, the first time I saw your stand up, I was surprised when you started swearing is that weird no that it's I like when you're that? surprised that somebody smokes wouldn't you be surprised if i just started smoking i would be surprised there's smoker's face yeah it's a certain face and there's but, some faces where you're like yeah you're a, you smoke not because of wrinkles or anything i just mean like how long has it been since someone just started smoking in front like that doesn't happen if anymore. you after this podcast went out front and smoked i don't think i'd be shocked did you smoke on party down is I that did. Where I'm, that's where I'm getting that. But I also was a smoker for a, quite a while. It's not a, a bad thing to have smoker's face. It's it's actually, yeah. unfortunately, it, it means you kind of look mysterious or uh-huh. something. That's and right. I look goofy, and I'm like, what are you guys smoking and joking? <laughs> what are those? Marijuana yeah. cigarettes or regular ones? <laughs> and it's the same thing with swearing. I don't necessarily look like a swearing... No, it's not that. I think... No? What is it? Why, why was that? Because... It's not because of your show, because I knew your stand-up before your television show, and before your, maybe, could, I don't know, who knows, but you talked about working clean on your, on on uh, on your, on crashing a lot. You yeah. You talk about that. Well, he was clean. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that Pete was clean. But that's who I was for 10 years. It was very important for me to be clean. Uh-huh. And that's why now... It's almost like it's it's a little bit childish, I guess, but I I really kind of enjoy. Yeah, it's like it's like somebody who doesn't drink soda. Let's say you grew up Mormon and you can't have yeah. soda, which isn't true. Shout out to the Latter Day Saints. A sure. lot of them do drink soda. They love soda. They love a good soda. Oh my god, Seven Up. You know what's fun is drinking. <laughs> I just named a soda. <laughs> it's a root beer. How about root that? beer. You know what's fun is drinking soda with Mormons. It's the name of my autobiography. It's, I'd buy it. Sure. Drinking soda with Mormons. Just you know, you're joking, but I went to a Christian college. Yeah, and Christian colleges would sometimes have root beer keggers. Wow. Because so you see the world I'm coming from. If you're in that world yeah. and you're binge drinking root beer yeah. because you're so outside of and apart from the world. Uh, you can imagine that once you're out, and I did have a pretty good go at booze, not not to like the traditional yeah. problem place, but enough yeah. uh, because it was my liberty. Yeah, and to the same extent, I'm still fairly attached to nobody tells me what I can say. Sure, although I will play ball for corporate events. I'm doing one on Saturday, where or they're something. saying you have to be, and they're like you have to be clean. And I'm like, I have no problem. Yeah, with sure, that. I, I really don't. If they were religious and they were like, you have to be clean, I'd also Uh be fine with that. Uh I actually would be. Sure. I'd be like, sure. I want people to have the show that they want. And But if I'm doing a show and it's just me and you came in a club and it's me, I love a good... I lately I've been saying cock a lot. Yeah, I love it. The big, the big C. Calling cock. people cocks. Oh yeah, you fucking cock. I for a long time I really thought the most effective thing was calling a man a cunt. A cunt. Yeah, and no, a that's woman a classic. An asshole. That's d- deleted from crashing. And by the way, you're here to talk about crashing. Yes, yes I am. No, I do. We had I Jamie called love, Jason a cunt. I do love and that crashing, and I'm oh. bummed out that it. That it, uh, Thanks, man. Just stopped. I'm That's sorry a thrill. About that. I one time saw you in a Silver Lake restaurant and was too nervous to say hello to you because I'm a big what? fan of yours. Yeah, I, I know. But which of the Silver Lake restaurants? It was. Ooh, I was there with Chelsea Peretti. Oh, and she said hi to you. Yeah, I know. That's Chelsea. even worse. Oh, uh, and when you you're were like, just like, I'll just 
That's a real Pete on crashing move as you linger. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's coming from is those feelings of like, yeah. I can't just talk to him. And yeah. it's not because you seem like an elitist jerk, but I was yeah. like, what am I going to bother? Now yeah. I now I sort of have a better sense that there's a nice way to yeah. just say like, I don't want to bother you. I'm here with this person yeah. you know, and I really like your work. I still do the thing where even if I've already met a famous person, if I see them again somewhere, you I just assume they, they forgot you. do not remember of me. Course. So I don't go. I would never go say. What do you have to lose? Yeah. I don't care if you're eight months pregnant. I'll never say, to quote Brian Regan, when's that baby due? I'll never <laughs> say never. it. What never. I'll say is, I don't care if you're eight months pregnant. I'll never ask if you're pregnant. Right. I'll make sure, a joke. You can say that. And then they're like, no, I am pregnant. Uh, have and then, you been there when someone asks someone if they're pregnant and, and they're, they're not? not? Have you been there for that? I have to think, Adam, that I've done it. I have to have yeah. done it. And it, it's just that same thing. Maybe you're just a, like me. We don't want to put people in that position where their ego, like, you don't remember me. Yeah. So let them say, what, what I'm saying is, I like our dysfunction. I did it with Trevor Noah recently. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I saw him at the party that I saw you at. Uh-huh. And I went up to him and I probably did it to you. Uh-huh. If we're being honest, I probably went up to you and was like, but you were so clear that you were like, hi, Pete. What? <laughs> but if I go up to somebody and I don't think, I think there's a chance. Yeah. I met Trevor Noah 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. You just go like, Trevor, uh, it's Pete. We oh, met. Yes. You know, just tell I him, do that all the time. Give them the chance to say, sure. Of course I remember, or whatever sure. they want to say. And my wife is always like, you don't have to fucking say that. Why don't. Just go say hi. Where are you from? Santa Cruz, California. Fun. You know that? Have you played up there? Have you played at like the Catalyst or have you ever no, had shows up there? I don't think so. Okay. But I've been a lot of places. San Francisco, I've been away. a lot. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah, of course. Quite a bit. Is it near San Francisco? Well, it's like, I don't know, 90 minutes south of San Francisco. Do they have an, is it like a, the Jersey of San Francisco? Are you in oh, fear? I hope not. Oh, did you do see? They feel, do they have that like, we're close or are they their own thing? It's their, it's a, it's a college hippie-ish town. Fun. Yeah. Do you, did you see us? I haven't seen okay, it. Okay. Okay. I have a joke. Can I tell you the joke? Because you have kids. It's not a, I'm not going to perform a joke. I'm just going to tell you the premise of the joke. Either way. Is people were like, when Val was pregnant, they were like, go out now. Go out now. Yeah. What they should have been saying was, watch Abducted in Plain Sight now. Yeah, sure. Because when you have kids, I'm not really interested in someone chasing <laughs> a child with scissors. No. That's not to say no one. I used yeah. to love it. Yeah. But now I can't watch Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Mystic yeah. River is off the yeah. menu. Yeah. And it, and you just become super sensitive. Of course. You, it's almost like your babies. And uh-huh. you just want to watch positive things. But now that I have preteens, I you get want to watch kind of a again. charge out of watching <laughs> children in distress. <laughs> um, <laughs> it brings you to life. <laughs> Was it great? It's great. It's like... I let someone ruin it for me. So I'm familiar oh, with the whole story. Okay. That's well, how... Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> he doesn't care. I love him, yeah, and I love what he does, yeah. But I was like, I can't. It looks so scary. Then somebody yeah. told me it's it's a get out level of scary, which is yeah. totally fine with me. I thought it was like he was going, okay, I did the psychological thriller yeah. horror ish, horror ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And horror I thought Jason, the way they cut that trailer, I was like, they're going like, nope, there's doppelgangers and they want to kill you. Ah, uh, they do. I mean, I thought it was scarier <laughs> than Get Out. Okay, but. Just as good, like an excellent good. movie. But it's weird because it's this guy that, not to say we're all in one circle of friends or whatever, but he's, Jordan is a guy we 
No, I don't know him well, but we all like know Jordan. I and wouldn't he is reintroduce a... myself to Jordan. You would. <laughs> I would not. Okay, okay. I would say hi, Jordan. Yeah, which me is too. a big thrill. Me too. It was big when thrill. it was just Key and Peele. But now he is a master filmmaker. I know. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. He just karate kicked through the wall. Yeah. And then he went through the wall. So yeah. he's in the comedy room. He karate kicked through some pl- dry wall. Yes. And then he went in the other side and it was a cocktail party. Yes. And there's like Tarantino yeah. and all the great... And Scorsese. And, and he just picks up a martini, yeah. wipes a little bit of plaster dust yep. off his shoulder, and then ev- and it just rolled right into a it's new like, identity. Hi, guys. I'm yeah. over here. Yeah. I mean, and we're all incredible. looking through going like... You forgot your slide whistle. <laughs> and he's like, I'm good. I'll take this Oscar. That's and we're like, right. but uh, we have cocktail weenies. That's right. He's eating filet mignon. Oh, God. You know what? I'm still a little snagged on this sauna that's in the room. Can Hit we it. finish that? Adam, can I tell you something? Yeah. Because people need to hear this more in their lives. This is your time. Okay. <laughs> this I do need to hear that so much. It more. is your time, but let's go ahead and green light it. Okay. It's Adam's time. This is... Um, a full structure. Yeah, it's like a, it's like two phone booths. It's like three phone booths, and it has even lights on, like a kind yep. of. Uh, f- it also has porch. chromotherapy lights inside. What's that? They did studies with uh, rats. Unfortunately, uh, okay. I mean that's how we learn. Yeah, uh, that like exposure that is how to certain how we learn. That's how we learn anything through. That's how we learn math. How many dead rats plus how rats. many dead rats? How many it's tor- all rats? How many tortured rats? And then we build a yep. bridge. It's how we learn how to play basketball. Rats. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is I'm tipping my hat to the idea that that's fucked up. Yes. Sure. And yet I'm living in a world that benefits greatly. Yeah, from rats. From rats. It is because there is some sort of genetic breakdown that makes them similar. To similar. Us. That's right. Which is what? I mean, the the stats I have on alcoholics and stuff yeah. come from rats. Yeah. And addiction come from rats. So they're similar enough to us, which is... I'm jumping right to the end. Usually we talk about God at the end. Yeah. Science does such a better job showing the oneness of reality than uh-huh. religion. It used to be... It should be religion's job. And now we go, holy shit. Yeah. Look at how genetically similar I am to a rat. Yes. Look at how the movement of a molecule is similar to the movement of the solar system or whatever That's it right. might be. They're finding that shit, yep. and they they should wear some fucking brown robes with rope belts yeah. and shave their they could, heads. They and could make, make so beer. much money. They could make, <laughs> dude. They could. Yeah. That's what scientists often joke. They're like, if I said, if I started calling the unified field God, yeah. I'd have a bestseller. And I'm like, well, we'll take a couple comparative mythology courses sure. and and do it from an intellectual place and and write a bestseller. My daughter, what are you afraid of? My daughter over the weekend selling was, out probably was just yes. My daughter <laughs> was just saying, I'm I'm not changing the subject as much as it sounds. I am, uh, dude. You keep trying to talk about the sauna, and I just brought in unit of consciousness. I know, I've got to get back to that rats. sauna. <laughs> she was talking. We were just driving, and she's like, "Have you ever taken South America and pressed it up against?" Um, Australia and and pulled Asia over. They fit like a puzzle piece. She discovered Pangaea. Well, she she learned it in class, in fourth oh, okay. grade the previous week, and I was like, "Yeah, that's right, isn't it crazy?" And and she's just sort of still absorbing the because when you learn that when you learn that that's what happened. Uh, and she was thinking, like, what if you were standing there when it happened and you, one leg was on one and one was on the other and they were moving up? You know, we were just right. kind of sorting it all out. Like and, when you can be in five states at once? 
Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Or, or like you're in South America and then Australia and your legs, it's like you're, it's slowly moving apart and your leg, one yeah. leg is on each. Um, what did you say? I said, well, it takes millions of years, you fucking idiot. Yeah, and then you, know? you watched us again. Yes. <laughs> uh, These kids ask fewer questions. Yeah, you got to get them to stop asking questions. Um, but, you know, thing, something like that could be turned into um, a something mystical. That's right. You know? The That's all I'm saying. No, no. Don't think that that wasn't a great point. Break eye <laughs> I contract. do. I do think that. It was a great point. That's, I'm going to say it just once. Science agrees that at one point everything was one thing, not yeah. just the continents. Oh, yeah. Everything. Everything. And that's what the Big Bang is. Yeah. The mystic says, I think that's worthy of a, of a metaphor. Sure. And the mystic says, I think I can feel that more through ideas that might not be literally true. Yeah. But it are stories and poems and music and sex and yeah. looking or shutting off your brain. And they're both after the same thing. Yes. It's it's the oneness and the and the unifying principle, the god particle, the uh, these these ideas that we're all looking for. I've said it a million science is trying to photograph it. The mystic hopefully is trying to feel it. Yeah. The religious person is trying to sell it and use it to divide. It's yeah. fucked up. But your your daughter is probably way closer than uh, most people claiming to have some sort of spiritual understanding. Have you read Sapien yet? I, I that's why no. Or Sapiens? I should just say no. I, me I, too. It's, I it's have next it. on my list. Me too. I have it. Yeah. It's si- sitting there. I really, I think that's going to blow my mind. Yeah. But that's the beginning of. So Richard Rohr, who I love, he's a Franciscan friar. We're just jumping into God. Sure. Right? Who cares? But well, we'll the, talk about it at the, the end. The and the sauna. sauna. Yeah. But he's like he makes this brilliant point, which is what I imagine I would get, will get in a deeper way from reading Sapiens. Mm-hmm. Is he's like. He he's his whole thing is the beginning of what we call Christ was the Big Bang. It's just it's just the first incarnation. Sure. The spirit into everything. Sure. And he's like, if you look at the the timeline of humanity, which is what Sapiens is about in large part, like the how we've only been here for a nanosecond. Yes. Um, you know, in the big picture. He's like most Christians basically believe that nothing, God had nothing to do or say or communicate for 14.6 billion years. Right, until humans... And then it, we're, it's the most narcissistic... Yes. And it only gets more up its own ass the more you start dividing and going, well, we're right and you're wrong and we're going to heaven and you're going to hell and God loves me and God... It's, it's but isn't that the reason poor, that they're saying it's that... narcissism. ...that the universe is 100,000 years old or, or 200,000 years old? I think old that's one of the ways that... Yeah. Uh, but that... That that is a. I think most people that grow up in the church probably didn't grow up in a church like that. Okay, that's so, like the Creation Museum. Yeah. No, di- or dinosaurs and man lived at the same time. That it, or or that God put dinosaur bones in the ground to to test us and they okay. never existed. That is a. In my experience, that's a minority of Got even it. fundamentalists. That, most fundamentalists don't really go even there. fundamentalists. Well, fundam- I was a fundamentalist. It just means you believe that the Bible's literal. But, okay, but you're not thinking. The universe is a couple hundred thousand years old. I did go to church in New England. Okay. And, you know, see, I grew up with a scientist father and an ex Catholic mom. So there was zero religion in in my upbringing. So, so I, this is fascinating. But there was probably, and this is my original point, lots of the juice. If you had a scientific father, you're probably getting it. 
under a different name. Yeah. And maybe even sure. more directly. Sure. So when your daughter is talking about Pangea yeah. and really letting that into her bones or yeah. however, or just into her imagination, yeah. which is very intimate, very personal. It's, it's sort of getting into your cells at that yeah. point, a child's imagination. Yeah. That is pretty close to rapture if you like yeah, that's a yeah, rapturous yeah, yeah, yeah. experience. We'll talk about God. It's a, it's a good way to end. Let's 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 talk about my sauna. Okay. Cuz I here's the thing, I won't forget to ask you about God. Okay, good. Um I want I'm I'm fascinated by um <laughs> saunas. By your upbringing too because I know bits and pieces and I of course know what I saw on the show which I know veered close to Mm -hmm. your life and so i'd love to hear um more about it but i do want to because the thing that's interesting therapy and rats does this is it maybe supposed to be outside because it's 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 an independent structure inside of an independent structure had the roof been peaked maybe i'd go this is for outdoor use but this would puddle water on puddle water for sure and there's circuitry there's speakers in the roof and all that sort of stuff so i would have to think it's indoors do you do you heat it up i've seen a a rich roll do you know rich roll Uh -uh. triathlete he's he's like an ultra marathoner guy he wrote a, a book called finding ultra he's great he has one of these and his is outside oh okay. so you can put it outside you just might want to uh, it's it's anybody they should this is I have something called Pete's picks yeah it's the ads yeah or ads meaning it's my recommendations yeah so they're things I actually use I've thought about asking Clearlight if they'd give us a promo code but they're thousands of dollars you know what I mean like you can't have a Pete's pick be like hey give it a try do you still use it every day you do Almost. you heat it up and it, and it heats up in fifteen minutes it's oh, not that's heat great. it's it's uh, infrared rays oh so it doesn't heat up. It does get quite hot, but it's because you're getting hot and you're and the panels get hot. But it, it's a dry heat. Yeah, like a sauna. It's but it's not. <laughs> well, I think so. A it's lot, not a sauna. But it, most uh, most saunas, I think, are still not. They're not infrared saunas. They're, it's actually getting hot. Yeah, with a wood stove. And you put the you put yeah. the coals and there's there's moisture. This is very dry. You can technically. I don't like doing it. You can bring your phone in there. You can bring yeah, yeah. iPad because you know, all that sort of stuff. I like to leave it out. Sure, but um. It's it's just really the laziest way to exercise. And do you? So it it doesn't. It is warm, but it doesn't feel like super hot, like a sauna. You know, you're hot. You're hot. It's cooking you. Whoa. So if you're trying to get an hour in there, around minute thirty five, forty, you're gonna want to get out. Whoa, pretty but the bad. temperature. <laughs> but the temperature in there isn't up to a hundred and four. No, no, no. I think the temperature. Is what it's going to cook you to. And is there like, like a purple light on you? Well, the light is on the top and you can set it to different lights. Uh-huh. I have it un- like undulate to the different colors. Yeah. So the, to go back to that, they put like a specific hue of pink on rats and they all got cancer, basically. <laughs> it was like this fucking crazy thing. So there's Seriously? a whole... I believe that I mean it's it might, I'm certainly oversimplifying that they all got cancer. And I encourage people to give that a goog. I gave it a goog. And that that was the data well, that you I gotta found. Give it a goog. Give it a goog. But that's, go to the Guggenheim. That's oh, that's what I meant by give it a goog. <laughs> but that's but that's what that's how they figured out what light was all right for you is through rats. But then they started doing other things, and they were like, "Were there are there lights?" You know, it makes sense that color green, for example. Sure. We love walking in nature, so they do studies that they're like green lowers your blood pressure. Sure. Uh, like 15% in yeah. 30 minutes. So it stands to reason that this is one of the reasons why I'm like Instagram 
I'm already 80 years old. Uh-huh. Instagram to me is potentially not like, – let's, let's start at a very low level. We can at least agree it's not on a sapiens, the book way, yeah. what was intended for our brains. No. You're not supposed to see the Coliseum and a cat and a video no. of Paul F. Tompkins moonwalking no. before you've even finished taking a shit in the no. morning. Images have power. Yeah. Colors have impact. Yeah. Red and yellow make you hungry. McDonald's. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. we are fucking bitches and we are manipulatable. And that's, and I think in 10 years, there's going to be laws on Netflix. You know, like, yeah. oh, that's, that's kind of fucking crazy that you have a Pavlovian yeah. that gives it. It's you weird. say the when same thing just, about video games. When you just did that, it made me want to like put on pajamas and snuggle up. I know. And no disrespect to Netflix. I, I love Netflix. I watch yeah. Netflix every day. But I wonder if they're going to start regulating like, hey, I don't know. But, you know, video games, it's all oh my God. bring, 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 oh my and God. slot machines. So I, I'm it's not so just backtracking and saying, I'm sorry, Netflix. <laughs> Um, what, uh, but I'm just saying, I think when it comes to Instagram and lights and patterns and Instagram, for example, will withhold how many likes or comments you get yes. and, and burst them in patterns that they've studied is that right? are more addictive. Is that yes. right? And this is coming from former CEOs of these platforms. You, you might get a thousand likes right away. They'll, they'll parcel them out to keep you coming back to That's the app. That's crazy. That's what I think. We're, for, for, I'm being real. Netflix, keep your doom. But what I'm saying is we're susceptible to those things. And some companies are manipulating that susceptibility to their advantage to keep of us course. coming back. It's the same thing with additives in our food. But I think just the way we have laws about additives in our food, there's going to be laws, potentially, about. I hope there are, about triggers additives triggers brains. to your phone. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be? Your kids are looking at this shit, yeah. and, and so are you. Yeah. You know, the little bit, our, our kids aren't allowed to use social media. but That's awesome. But they've also, you know, but then it's like, but can I just make a video um, that my friends can see on YouTube w- with just my hands doing a card trick or That's whatever funny. it is? It's like, yeah, sure, of course. Let, let's figure it out and, and we'll help you do it and and was that real yeah 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 i did a card trick um was it a card trick he might be you know what i don't know if i want to say exactly what it oh, is that's fine, just, that's fine. It, um i just think it's adorable yes, that's all it i was is, going it for is, that's adorable um, <laughs> i don't want the link uh uh <laughs> but but then just even that with a limited circle of friends the needing to the the desire to go and check how many likes he's gotten how many yeah. views he's gotten even though it's feedback only 15 people know it exists it's it's that immediate uh dopamine well kids are getting in huge fight i know oh, we sound crazy. old you didn't comment on my video you yeah, see that you have to comment you I look gorgeous know. especially girls i think yeah you look gorgeous at least the thing that i saw it was talking mostly about girls mm-hmm. and if you don't comment that's a fight that's like that's crazy. I, I'm having a fight with Becky. She didn't comment. You look gorgeous. That's crazy. Um, but we're doing the same thing, and this is why I'm sort of trying to wean off. I don't know. I'm trying to make peace with the fact that I, I like being a, sh- a show person. I yes. like getting laughs. Yes. So I have to call bullshit on myself. But what I want us to do, if I may preach, is I want us to do what we're doing consciously. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. If you like being taken yeah. advantage of and chasing that high – do it. Just maybe do it for 30 minutes. Yeah. That's still a pretty long time during the day. Try to use one of the restraint apps like uh, Moment or whatever, or the mm-hmm. one that's on the iPhone now. 
try because that introduces a little bit of like, and I think we should do this for all the things we're doing in our life, including my whoring myself out on stage. Yeah. Okay, that's Pete doing his whoring thing. Yeah. I love Pete. That's in his psychology. He needs it. It gives him life. It gives him energy. Yeah. That's okay. But let's not lay down our arms and succumb to it. Let's know that there probably is a more balanced, tranquil, yeah. peaceful Pete. And we can water those flowers too. Don't you think there's that's also something that just comes with maturity and getting older? Like I know I that hope so. I'm now able to say like admit to the things I like and don't like and why I like them or don't like them. Right. And for a long time, I, yeah, even if I had awareness of these things that made me feel good or not feel good, I wasn't sure if it was okay. That's and right. a lot of it I kept to myself. That's right. Right. So I can't even imagine navigating all of that with this, these other kind of, these Rubik's cubes that are myself. That's right. That I'm trying to that are getting keep the best afloat. of us. Right. How can a, a child? That's why they say about McDonald's. That's why I like the food comparison. Uh-huh. If you take a play place and sugary French fries and sugary hamburgers and sugary shakes, yeah, they're just like guys. Yeah, it's a kid with a squirt gun, and you're sending them to you know a, a real grown up yeah. battlefield. Yeah, you couldn't handle it. Yeah, you'll get fucked. But if you implant a positive memory, a childhood memory, yeah. that's why the play plays. Yeah. yeah, and I understand. By the way, I want the to check play my place. I want to oh check my, my privilege and say that McDonald's can be or has. It's hard to speak positive about McDonald's, but I know it's I've affordable. heard people go, it's affordable, yeah. and they're bastions for working class of or low-income people, and that play place fucking matters. So I'm yeah. over here going like, just take them to Disneyland, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. me, yeah. in the face. That's not what I'm saying. Of course. But I you am saying- You can have a 99-cent hamburger and have your kid play for three hours. Great. If, yeah. Great. Spend the afternoon there. Here's the consciousness, though. Know that that corporation doesn't care, care. about you. Of course not. That's consciousness. But and also it's a it's a it employs a lot of people. I know. A lot this of This is jobs. consciousness. I love this sort of stuff. We talk about not eating dogs, right? And mm-hmm. I used to be in my young years of like with the majority of people, mm-hmm. you should not eat dogs, mm-hmm. right? And I watched this CNN debate about it and I was like, who is this poor sap that's going to argue for eating dogs? <laughs> you know what I mean? Was it Tucker Carlson? <laughs> it was via satellite, so there was a delay. Uh-huh. And my heart went out to this poor sap. Uh-huh. And you know what he said? What? He goes, guys, we kill, and he had the numbers, we euthanize, I don't know what it is, but it's probably like 100,000 dogs a day. Yeah. And you can eat those dogs. And it's just a psychological belief that you eat pigs and you don't eat dogs. Pigs are smarter than dogs. Dog meat is fine. People eat it all these places. And you saying don't kill dogs isn't being solved by not eating dogs. We're throwing away dogs. They're just being buried or burnt up or whatever. And those could save lives. And I was like, shit. I love. Makes a lot of sense. Someone standing somewhere that you're like, I'd never stand over there. And he's like. Yeah, they're already killing a hundred thousand. I'm making yeah. that up, but a hundred thousand. Give it a goog. Hundred thousand dogs a day. Those could be saving lives. And I was like, and he didn't win the debate because yeah, yeah. the other person just has to go. They're so cute, and those are our friends, and they win. Yeah. But that's not that's not third way consciousness. That's not open hearted. That's right. not open minded. Right. It's very it's unpopular con- that's to be just open minded. Don't you think? Which one? Not the dog wanting thing? to eat dogs. If you're of open course, to eating pigs it's a and cats. 
I say this all the time is like if the president was bisexual yeah. and every president had always been bisexual, yeah. do you think bisexuality would increase? Of course. <laughs> we're, we're buying in, or, or more open bisexuality. Yeah. I just love the if idea. If football of- players were all like, of course I fuck dudes and girls. Right. What do you if, if, if the same language and conditioning was applied in the other way? Yeah. What are you like weird? Yeah. You don't fuck dudes on the other side of the football card, along with all their stats. It's like <laughs> loves dudes. That's right. So this is consciousness. Is what stories being aware, and then what you're saying, which I love, is making peace with them. Saying yeah. Adam likes this. Yes. And I'm going to. Richard Rohr talks about. Having most people go through life with a foot on the brake and a foot on the gas. Yes, and they don't they don't enjoy life because they're either beating themselves up for what they do and can't stop doing, yeah. you know, or they just can't enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah. So there is, but not everybody finds it. Sounds like you found it. You talk. Well, just the small, the the least important result of kind of letting yourself off the hook a little bit is when I finally was able to just say, you know what? My favorite movie is The Temple of Doom. I love it. Rather than... You well, are what, fun. What's, what's my favorite? You know, I, I've got, well, let's see, uh, what a Godfather 2 or whatever you right? feel like you... Adam. ...is going to say the thing that you want to be said for everyone looking at you or whatever sure. it is when you're finally, like, let me really think about it and think about the thing that makes me feel good when I think about it. Yeah. And that just kind of like just feels easy right. and feel, you know, and yeah. it's so. Can I join you? I love the movie that Ben Affleck, The Accountant. Oh, yeah. I loved it. With, with uh, J.K. Simmons. And yes. I never saw good it. Good cast. Yeah. Watch on an airplane. A lot sure. Of, uh, the home of a lot of these, like, sure. less, like, I'm a little embarrassed. Yeah. Loved it. And you know what's fun about Judd is I go, I love the accountant. And he's like, I love it. Yeah. He's a very positive guy. Just yeah. a little shout out to him. He's not and like. Judd's seen everything. He's seen everything. Yeah. And he probably liked it. He's yeah. Not, it, and I'm like, now that I've made a TV show, I'm like, do you ever catch yourself being over, and I'll ask you, overly critical of the show, he was like, oh, that take sucked. Or, yeah. Like, I, I love Mission Impossible uh, Fallout, oh, and there's a scene with uh, Ving Rhames, and I'm like, they chopped the fuck out of this. Like, yeah. I wanted to be like, what was wrong that day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody was in a bad Which mood scene? or something. Because I've seen it now a bunch of times. It's the scene where he's like, Ethan cares about you more than oh, sure. he'll ever admit. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. they are on her yeah. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I think Ving Rhames is great. That's yeah. who it is, right? Yeah. I think he's great. I'm just like, did Something they was it a rewrite? You know what I mean? There's like weird angles mm-hmm. that show that movie's so deliberate, and there's like this weird, kind of ugly over the shoulder shot mm-hmm. that you're like, why did they use that? And I'm like, that might be the only time they had him say mm-hmm. what they were looking for. So I'm, it's sort of taking me out of it. Just like it doesn't he's like, I just watch movies. Are yeah. you that way? He You've, doesn't think about Judge? He doesn't worry about it. That's what he said. Just kind of lets it go. He can watch Fallout and just be like, fun. Yeah, I guess I can too because I I don't really – I just watch Fallout trying to figure out like – because I listened to the – there was a podcast that Paul Shear turned me on to where they interviewed – (laughs) Wait, what? That was my Paul. Do it. Hey, Adam. (laughs) I got another. Perfect. First try. Do it and It'll be worse. Uh, Me me and Man Thuket. Yeah. (laughs) I lost it. It was okay. There it is. Um, uh, it, um, it's too Leno. 
uh, no, but the first, the first, hey, Adam was that was very right good. on. Um, I have beginner's luck a lot with that. The, there was some interview. This is I don't know why. I'm what was the even, podcast? It was just some podcast where they interviewed Christopher McQuarrie for three hours talking about making that movie. Will you send me that? I link? will. And it may even be longer. And he's talking about how they made that movie sort of on the fly. Get like in they, the van. <laughs> they went on. They went on uh, location scouts and wrote the script according to get their scout. Jordan like, Peele. Yeah, get, get Jordan Peele in the van. <laughs> uh, I believe it because I believe that Tom Cruise is one of those guys that's like, we'll make it work. Yeah. We'll make it work. And yeah. he does. But you watch that movie and you realize, we, we can talk about this movie a lot. Yeah. There's a shot that if it had been in a movie in the 30s, everyone would have gone. To, and I'm not talking about the skydiving. I'm talking about when he climbed up the ladder chasing Superman and he gets to the top and Superman flies. I just call him Superman and flies yeah. away in a helicopter. And there's yes. a beautiful helicopter yes. shot of, of Tom Cruise watching the bad guy get away. Yes. And it's this beautiful city. And you're like, well, that shot is uh, got to be six months of planning yes. and all this stuff. And it's like a nothing shot in yeah. the movie. It's just like, it's just exterior West Side Restaurant yeah. Seinfeld. Do you think about that? Because I think about that all the I time. Do. Of like things that if we could just show this to someone in 1922, they would commit suicide That's because right. it's so crazy. It is magic. Yes. When I explain the app Shazam to my dad, yeah, I yeah. might as well have been like, and right. we can turn lead into gold. Right. Which we can, by the way. It just costs a little bit more than looking for gold. We can turn lead into gold? Yeah. Wow. They figured that out. Um, I'm pretty sure. Give it a goog. Yeah, I'm going to goog that up. Um, I'm basing that on a Alan Watts lecture from the 70s. Go ahead and we should the, have just have footnotes. So we've, we've been turning lead into gold since the 70s? Is he said they know how to do it. Uh-huh. It must be very costly. Like more expensive than gold? Digging probably. for gold or looking for gold. Um, yeah. That's uh, why crashing was canceled. The alchemy of turning the lead into gold was more expensive. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> See, now you need to give yourself, cut yourself a little slack and not, yeah, not say that. I thought that was me giving myself slack because it oh, was okay, just okay. financial. Oh, yeah, you're That's right. That's how I right. feel. You're right. You've been a part of shows that have gone away. Yeah. I love Party Down. Thank you. Wonderful. Do you Have you ever watched it? Have you ever just thrown it on? I haven't in a long time because it makes me sad because- Because it, it went was, away? No, not oh, because sorry, it went away, but just because- Yeah, I guess because it- But also because it was- so fun, and it's so long ago now. Yeah, yeah. it's like ten years ago. Wow, almost. So it just same with parks. I can't watching parks makes me a little. That was sad. also ten years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it started ten years ago. It finished four years ago, I wow. guess. So wow. time kind of. It's like watching your diary. It's like a little. Yes. Sl- it's like a. It's like watching a wedding. Like Val and I have to be in a very specific mood to watch our wedding video. Oh yeah, because you need to be in that French nostalgic. Yeah, because it is a wound to yeah. quote Mad Men. It, there's a there's a tearing open Absolutely. of your heart to it. Even if I'm it's glad. a wonderful memory, yeah. it does kind of tear you open a little bit. Because the experience, uh, you don't mind talking about party down, do you? you no, can, you not can at just all. Raise your non. No, 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 no. I'll talk about whatever. If you don't like talking about no, it, no, no. Um, but it, when you did it, it was fun while you were doing it. It was so fun, but there was something more special about it because when we started it, we were all one hundred percent unsure of what this was and maybe <laughs> even a little so suspicious 
That's like a that's like a fallout turn. It seems so like it's the most pitchable show yeah. of all time. Yeah. I've written many one sheet show ideas yeah. that reference party down and you're like every episode is a different this. Yeah. And that was the show that seemed so like we got it. It's, yeah. It'll be these characters. Your love interest thing is established in the pilot. It's not yeah. like you just did it because of a location scout. Right. So I'm surprised to hear that. But it, the feeling was you were figuring it out? Or? Well, it was because it, it was something that they had pitched around a couple years before with Rudd in the lead role and Carell in Marino's oh, wow. role. And I forget who else, but this was pre like 40 year old pre office right and it didn't sell and then we did a homemade one in rob thomas's backyard is one of the creators with different cast but um who was in jane lynch was in that one and you were and i was are you a producer on the show I was for season two, yeah. Okay, um, but I, like, but I wasn't he, like one of the creators. Or oh, okay, but you knew the creator, yes. And he was like, "Let's do this." Yeah, so we did the homemade one, and then like you shot it. Yeah, they financed it. Yeah, Rob just financed it, and we shot it in like two or three days. It was like, really fun. That's and fun. It was super that's, fun. That's fun. And then I love that. A couple years later, they sold it to Stars, and they were like do you want to do this? And it was just, we're going to make 10 of these. Do you want to do it? And it was, they had Marino and, and it was like, yeah, sure. But I think the, this was when where you were on network wise mattered. It's not like now where you can make something. And if it's great, I was just joking. I was like, I just wa- I was on stage. I was like, I love Pen Fifteen. Yeah. It's on Hulu. You ever watch something and you're like, How did I find this? Yeah. Again, no disrespect to Hulu. No, one hundred percent. What I'm saying is, it doesn't really matter. No. You'll, people will talk about it. You'll be on your Apple TV. Show me Pen Fifteen. You'll yep. go, Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah. So is Handmaid's it's, Tale. So are a lot of great shows. It's secondary though. Like, wh- where wh- where is this? To be what what, right. what network is it? Like, it doesn't even really it's, matter. Well, let's call it the Mad Men phenomenon. Sure. AMC. Right. And now. Yes. You're on AMC. Similarly, I remember when Ham got Mad Men and it was like, well, that sounds great, but AMC, right. like, ugh, sorry. I remember that time in our, I wasn't in show business yet yeah. in that way. Yeah. But I know if something wasn't on a cool network, you'd just be like, yeah. bye. Right. <laughs> so I, w- I remember being a little embarrassed, like when I told people about the show, kind of making excuses about stars, right. which is so stupid. But but so we started it. It's the Z. It, it is the Z. It's just the Z. I know. And I remember their headquarters were at the Burbank airport at the time. No. Yeah, so we went that for That sounds a like a joke. No, That's like a great 30 Rock joke. At I have a meeting at stars airport. at the Burbank airport. Exactly. It is like a, a, a 30 Rock joke that would whiz by, yes. and you'd be like, wait a second, that was really funny. <laughs> And rewind. Yes, of course. Um, so you met at the Burbank Airport, and they decided to yeah, based on anyway, this spec pilot. Though we started it, and it was fun. And then, like immediately, we were like, "Oh no, this is special. Mm. This particular group of people has a real connection, and it feels fun." But we also felt like we're going to make this, and no one will see it. Mm. And so was that. Debilitating? Did that sort of help? Because you were it, like, who cares? It helped Let's in do that what we want. it just made us feel like it's us against the world. Ah. We're 
um, uh, kind of sealed off. We're in a working in a bubble, and we're doing this for ourselves, right? And that made it so special. And the first season came out, and no one watched it. We couldn't even get reviewed by EW. I think, like, I remember we couldn't get any traction. And then we did season two, and it was sort of the same thing. Like, it just felt like. It was kind of this gang mentality, like we're like a street gang or something. Like it's we're we're you making guys the kind most of felt awesome like thing. a street gang. We kind of did. And like Jane Tufts. Lynch is always like dance battling people, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and we all had switchblades. Yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, so then it got canceled and it caught on later a little bit. But when we were making it, it was a really kind of unique cocktail of of. Uh, of of feelings and that will never be again like that specific circumstance and feeling i'll never be in something and feel like that again because it had to be a group of people who were basically unknown that no one cared about were playing these roles which kind of mirrored that like we kind of all felt a little we had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder about show business because we were all like making this thing on stars and the thing was about being kind of dejected from show business and then through doing this we all fell in love with each other and the show and making comedy and it was just a real uh thing like whenever we all see each other still it's a it's a special thing so um so that's why I. Hmm. It's not exactly sad when I see it. It's, it's just a a lot of uh, feelings. But yeah. Anyway, no, that's beautiful. Do you, you were also enacting a, a fantasy that I think a lot of people in show business have. I felt a lot of sympathy for your character. Yeah. The the person. I think all of us have, on some varying degrees, imposter syndrome. And think that you're going to get a break. Yeah. And then next thing you know, we sort of, like in a weird way, love those stories. Yeah. Uh, like um, Elton. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Elton from The Cosby Show, working at Trader Joe's. Yes. Look at how we gobbled up that story. Yes, you're right. So we're obsessed with somebody being special and then not being special. Yeah. So you were doing that. And my question for you is, do you relate to that i'm assuming you do oh my god (laughs) you never really feel completely no or i hope you do a little bit more now well it's it's all relative you know like 15 years ago yeah i would i would feel envious of where i am now but i feel exactly the same as i did 15 years ago there's no difference yeah um uh so yeah that it was a very real uh, feeling uh, where we are on that show. I mean, was I it hope, a little I too hope, close to the nerve at times. Where yeah, like I'm playing a guy that like can't quite. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Hey, do the line," and, yeah. and I know you know the show. I'm I'm helping the listeners, and you're like, "Am I on a show that people? When I see Martin Starr, I want to go ordinary fucking people." Yeah, what if oh, it was all he? I know Val and I say it. It really filled a gap in our vocabulary. Oh, that's great. When you're at some sort of 
I don't know, barbecue sure, or something. Sure. And you're like, ordinary fucking Oh, people. totally. Oh, Isn't that's that great. great? I that... forgot about that. I loved his like hard sci-fi thing. Like yeah. the gradations of science fiction according hard to Roman. Sci-fi. It's great. Well, it was one of those shows, Let's not to go full Mission Impossible Fallout, but like it was one of those shows where you had, I love and project onto a lot of shows that maybe don't even intend it. You're seeing like five or six sides of, of everyone's psyche. Oh, you know what I mean? Where you're like, I have the the you that's achieved something but feels a little insecure. Yeah. I have the outcast who's smarter than everybody and yeah. believes in hard sci-fi. I have the struggling woman. And I also have the blustering idiot boss yeah. that believes the lie. Yes. That he matters, his company matters. And yes. you know, they're all facets of a conscious yes. human psyche. It's and so, so you're true. watching that and you're like, that's what makes it so fun. And, the, and then you have the good looking. We see these in Yeah, the our Ryan lives. Hansen guy that's right. like, it's all good, man. Right. But we have those moods as yes. well, all operating inside sure. of us. And we love to watch shows that sort of reflect that. It's, it's so interesting because each one of those characters is relatable to every right. person watching. Yeah. Like Ken's carrot Ron Donald is, <laughs> I mean. It's a great name. It's one of my favorite characters yeah. in tv history like He's, what a fucking some of his he, jokes by today's standards you're like Ey. oh yeah right for sure which is super fun i'm because sure. we all have a voice in our heads that's saying fucked up yeah. stuff. no matter how sweet and nice you are there's something in you every once in a while the coffee spills and he's he's in charge yeah in your brain or in your mouth in bad situations yeah where he's gonna say something dumb it's true. Like you even watch The Office, the the American Office now, and sometimes there are jokes where you're like, "Whoa, we wouldn't do that." That's right. Now, British Office. I was just rewatching Absolutely, the British yeah. Office, and he's like, "Anytime uh, homosexuality comes yes. up, you're just like, yep, yeah." You just have to remember the year. Yep. Which is weird. It's not that long ago. It's not, but we grow or change or evolve or let's just say change. Yeah. So much faster yeah. because we can talk to each other in real time yeah. now. Whereas my dad still loves Blazing Saddles or whatever. And I remember watching it when I was like too young probably to watch it. Yeah. And I went to a weird, uh, well, not weird, but atypical liberal Quaker school in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. And I was like, these racist jokes or, or whatever. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. He was just coming from a... Of course. Somebody just said to my dad, he was holding up my baby, our baby, the baby. She's her yeah. own thing. Yeah, sure. And this woman goes, that's a cute baby. And he goes, you're not, you're pretty cute yourself. And he just meant it. Sure, of course. But I'm like, yikes. Yeah. Well, and it's we, a Joe Biden thing. It's, yeah, I know. It's, it's not, the intention is not there. That that's right. The intention isn't creepy. It's that's just right. not. He's just like, this is what charming, yeah. interesting. He's I just, I love the Bill Burr bit where he's like, I thought I was being a good boy. He's yeah. just doing what he yeah. was told was a good boy. And we're back to eating dogs. We really are. Yeah. We're just like, what conditioning are you operating in? Yeah. And what conditioning are is the next generation operating in? Yeah. And the only thing you can do is go like, well, it's all sort of baloney and it's all fine. Yeah. But it is just a game we're playing. Yeah. But try to adapt, Dad. Don't do a French accent to the waiter. Yes. Don't call the busboy amigo. That's the thing. That's the thing. Please stop. You... <laughs> You are of a certain age, so you're still there, but you still just you can't do it. Don't just, just don't, don't atrophy. Don't do it, and yeah. don't don't like 
make a joke about it that tells us that you think it's all bullshit. Like, right. just stop it. It is all bullshit, and stop doing it. Yeah. Like, like the construct of society yeah. is make-believe, mm-hmm. but you're still being yes. egregious. Yes, and <laughs> even though there's no creepiness to it, I if they all have a right to say, get the fuck away from me. Right. <laughs> or, you know, like, right. it's fine. And so take it as fine and just stop doing it. It's, it's easy. That's just right. stop doing it. I grew up, I realized hanging out with my dad, I grew up such the kid that would say, like looking back, uh-huh. I was my father's son, huge, and uh-huh. would say the inappropriate uh-huh. thing, do the lispy voice uh-huh. that's a gay guy. Sure. Or the Robin Williams black voice, or whatever yeah. it was, because I was watching, and and that's that's okay. But yeah. you know, you you change. It wasn't okay, and and you change. And there was a time that nobody really seemed to care. But here's the thing: just like we're like, where were all the trans people? They were there. Yeah. Now they're now we can hear them. Yeah. But they were always there. Yeah. And when I was and like, they nobody, were hurting. Yeah. And nobody seems to mind that I do this gay voice, right. and it's like. Yes, they do. Yeah. We just hadn't yet given them voice yeah. or identity or representation. Sure. Where now it's very... I, I thought the woman was going to say, well, that's inappropriate. Yeah. You know, and that would have been totally normal if yeah. she had. Yeah. Whereas in Johnny Ham's 60s, yeah. they'd just blush and giggle. Um, the Robin Williams black guy voice, that was brutal. Dude, that documentary was great. But every time they cut to his stand-up, I was like... Pick a different clip. Yeah, it, it was almost like uh, he's got other stuff. It doesn't yeah. have to be like yeah. And then Oprah's over here like, <laughs> I know. And then he does the voice, and you're like, it's not Oprah, but <laughs> and then Oprah comes in, and she's like, you get a car, you get a car, oh. you get a hand job. Now <laughs> it just sounds like Oprah Winfrey doing Robin Williams. <laughs> Gail <laughs> Stedman. Uh, Stedman. Sted Stedson. Gail. So See, you, I can't do it. But I'm surprised that you <laughs> you feel I have to think. Let's talk about how you do feel. It's a leading question. It's all I do. You have to feel a little bit more steady in your britches. Big I'm sorry, I'm gonna get the name wrong. Big little lies? Yeah. I almost said true little lies. Wow. Big little lies. Yeah. Not to be called Pretty Little Liars. I'm sure people have said I love you on Pretty Little Liars. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> Big Little Lies, which I watched and I loved. Uh-huh. And the movie that I complimented you on at the party, which you have only seen once, but I've seen 10 times because I'm from Boston, uh, Black Mass. Right. You've now, and Step Brothers, you've had, and these shows that we've yeah, already yeah. mentioned, you've had enough that you must know that Hollywood is pretty small. And once you've, does, do you ever feel like you've crossed over a membrane and it's like, at some point, someone's going to go, especially with all the content. Yeah. So many networks, so many shows. Somebody at some point is going to go, do you think Adam Scott would do it? They, you have to think you're set. Not in a cocky way, but in like a, I think I might be closer to being well, someone with a craft that's in demand. I mean, not set at all. In fact, n- no. So, so far away from set. But do you spend a lot of time like worrying about work? Yeah. You do. Talk about that. Talk about it. Because I don't think people know that. I think that I'm not joking or exaggerating at all when I say I feel exactly the same as I did 15, 20. I mean, I started, 
I got my first acting job in 1993, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And it is totally all relative. I mean, I feel precisely the same as I did then. It's just in a different environment. I'm feeling that same exact feeling about a different set of circumstances. Mm. Um, instead of worrying about whether I'm going to be able to pay rent on the uh, studio apartment uh, and, and get a guest spot on ER, whatever it was I was worrying about then. Now it's a different set of circumstances, but the the gut feeling of um, am I any good and does anyone think I'm any good and does anyone like me is exactly the same. Wow. Yeah. And you and in between jobs, yeah, we're we're waiting. Cliche, waiting for the phone to ring. Um, or I mean, you, I think that's just built in. Um, I think that... Um, do you hate the question, what are you doing now? <laughs> sure, because <laughs> because sometimes... I'll be my dad. Parks and Rec uh, canceled. Uh, what are you going to do now? <laughs> did, did, the, the day after uh, or the day of when, um, when, uh, when cr- crashing... Uh, I don't know if you guys ended it ever again, but when it yeah. ended, do, did your dad say something to you that that uh, stung or no? Was it he, fine? It's worse. He won't acknowledge it because he thinks it's a failure, so he'll act like it didn't happen. Oh God, yeah. So he'll talk to my mother about how I'm feeling, but he'd never oh. feel comfortable going like, "Here's my fantasy." I love yeah. doing this in therapy, like just like, "What well, will you have your dad say?" He's going like, "How does that feel? Are you, are you doing yeah, okay?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, instead, yeah. it'll be like. He'll, he asks leading questions, too. Again, I guess my father's son will be like, well, you got something uh, down the pipeline. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I do, but it's okay. I'm yeah. all, I say this point blank to him. I'm like, it's okay to talk about our shortcomings yes. and our wounds. Yes. And I've said to him point blank a dozen times, Dad, I think being okay and discussing and being open about our weakness is true strength. Yeah. But he's still kind of... It's fine. I, I really. Yeah. Somebody and pointed out that whenever I bring him up, I'm always like, "I love him." I have to say that. Yeah. But he's not comfortable with what he thinks is weakness, especially perceived public weakness. It's over. Yeah. They don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I have to go like, Dad, we did three of 16, them. 20, three 24 episodes, yeah. twelve hours, yeah. and I I had to do this because I know how he thinks. I go, it's twelve hours. Yeah. That's six movies yeah. that I shot in the past three years. Yeah. Uh, on HBO, it's pretty yeah. exciting. Three seasons of a television show on HBO is a, a big deal. But he, I, I, you know, I wish he could go like, how does that feel? Yes. So I could tell him. But he, I think he's just, I don't know. Yeah. But I, because I don't. But know, he's I also protect. protecting you. That's his way of wanting to protect. That's you. true. He he probably thinks I'm like, Dad, I don't want to talk about that. Right. You know what I mean? That's he thinks why it's he's fucking weird. Of course. That I'm like, I want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Talk about feelings. Let's and... jump in the feelings pool. Yep. And my dad is like, what is the point? Yeah. He he texted me on my 40th birthday, and I gave him so much shit about this because we had a great visit. They were just here. I remembered that the way to relate to my family is constantly make everything a joke. Constantly. Uh-huh. Instead of being hurt or quiet or 
anything, constantly joking. And that uh-huh. sounds bad, but I'll give you a couple examples. One was he texted me on my 40th. He, I should read it to you. Let me read it to you because I want to get the wording correctly. So the parents on crashing, was that were they modeled? On oh, your, yeah. But yeah. we made them a little bit more... Religious? No. Well, a little bit, but we also made them uh, less weird. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. He did say happy birthday. I gave him shit for not even saying happy birthday. He wrote happy birthday, son. Looking back, I always feel that my most productive age was where you are right now. So make the most of it, right? That's so, really sweet. You think that's sweet? Well, for you, that's like, okay. <laughs> Good for you. You know what, though? It is sweet. You're right. And but it's I your go, dad. it's not all about producing. Yeah. Can't it just be and I and I ripped into him and he was laughing so hard. Yeah, and yeah. that's how I'm like, don't forget, that's how you have to talk to them. Yeah. I do my impression of him to him. Yeah. And I go, It's all about producing. And yeah. I'm just like, Dad, how about just like happy birthday? I can't believe my baby boy is forty years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wish you the best. Yeah. I hope you're ha- happy and healthy. Yeah. And and he laughed because he gets it. But again, he he kept going like Bob Seger wrote his best songs in his 40s. Oh, and I'm just like, that's okay, <laughs> but I don't want to just chase the carrot sure. my whole life. And it's I not- don't want to base everything on Bob Seger. <laughs> and he had another one. It was Bob Seger. Uh, and then he goes, and they spend the rest of their life performing those hits. And I'm like, okay, wow. all right. He should just write a book of just Bob Seger... <laughs> Using Bob Seger as a barometer, uh, just quotes. Ah, on a scale from zero to uh, Bob Seger. Yeah. My oh my da- God. But then, like, in the joking about it, he also made a joke. Well, this is a little too personal. But let's just say he said something that I thought was um, revisionist history about growing up. Okay. And it really hurt me. Okay. Um, he sort of, what we do in our family is we gloss it over yeah. and made our, my childhood and my brother's childhood. And my brother it was there. My mom was there. And he just sort of made what he does. He sort of spins it in his favor uh-huh. because he doesn't see any benefit in spelunking uh-huh. into feelings. So he said and something. And is that a, a waspy No, it's a bo- it's do? a Bosty. It's, it's a, a Boston working class. Okay. He's not as waspy as I even am. Okay. He's very, he comes home. You know, covered in oil and stuff. He loves that stuff. He Where loves- does he work? What does he do? He's uh, he. He's not retired. He's not retired. He's seventy five. Wow, good 70. for him, man. He works. Hey, little plug. If you're in the Boston area and you need an oil tank removed, call Tanks a lot. You can talk to my dad about Shit. me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he's going to get so many calls. I wonder. Tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. By the way, I have a Thera gun as well. Yeah, bought it with Amazon points. Feels good. Yeah. It's too loud, but I love it. It is loud. It's fucking but loud. But it's a great device. It, anyway. It'll work. We're, we're, Adam, notice I have a Theragun on my is floor. It, if they're not a sponsor, then we just... That's just free advertising. Yeah. Sorry. So so anyway, he made it this reduction, uh, revisionist statement. Let's. It doesn't matter what it was, but let's just say uh, your mother and I never yelled at each other. Uh-huh. Let's say it was that. Uh-huh. And I went, Dad, how dare... I went, how dare you? Mm-hmm. How? Da-? But I made it a joke. I was mm-hmm. like, how dare you say that in mm-hmm. front of me and mom and yeah. my brother? As if we weren't there. But the tone was, 
joking. Yeah. And I kept it funny. Yeah. And he, but it was hurting you. It was hurting me, but I used it like I do to turn it into a joke because I knew if I was just like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. he would have shut down. Yeah. But I turned it into a roast. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. Great. And I actually managed to be like, fuck you yeah, yeah. In, in a joking way. And I, I'm scared of my dad. I would never yeah. say that in a serious way. But I got on this roll and he, yeah. he was loving he it. it. Oh, that's great. He was loving it. He was dying laughing. My brother was laughing. My mom was laughing. And it was beautiful. And then at the end, and I went, Dad, I love you just the way you are. Yeah. And it was really yeah. in the wake of a good laugh. Yeah. You almost could sneak in like, I don't love you because you didn't yeah. fight with mom. Yeah. I love you just how you are. Yeah. And it was a real, it's a tearjerker. Wow. When it came through comedy. Was that, mean, how long ago was that? This was like two days ago. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Were you with them? You were there? They came here. Oh. And we went to Little Dom's. Oh, sure. And we were outside and boy, I just gave it to them. Oh. And it was so great. great. And, and, and then I re- like sort of remembered. This sounds like, I feel like my therapist might be like, well, this seems like a coping strategy or uh-huh. something, and we should use our adult voices, and we should be okay with offending our father, yeah. or, or don't be afraid of him, speak to him like a man. Yeah. And that's all fine, but in that moment, I found this, like, really, my original, you shooting a, a spec pilot, that original core creativity, yeah. just yeah. pure light. And I was like, oh, I can use my superpower here and like fucking let the healing begin. People were like healed by it. It was like I was I could just speak for myself. I was. Don't you feel like that you kind of accidentally just stepped on like you were saying, the the spec pilot or whatever, you just stepped on the reason you're doing this in the first place. That's That's what you accidentally stepped in. It was it was so clear that I developed a sense of humor to communicate feelings that yeah. people weren't listening to other ways. Of course. What 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 is your deal? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? And I'm not. This isn't where we're going to get all serious. I'm just wondering. Can you pinpoint? It seems like you've done some introspection. The part of you that was like, I for better or worse, I want to be in the school play. I want to be uh, on stage. Yeah. I want to act. I, and, and I don't say this with any judgment, but like you don't get to be in TV and movies without going like, hey, I'd like to shine at the very yeah. least. I'd like to entertain. What was, what was the driving? Well, I think that I, I was just thinking about this today, I think, because I, I, for whatever reason, and I I kept it, uh, I think very early on, I knew I wanted to be an actor in movies and TV shows. What did movies that look mostly. Like? Sorry? What did that look like? How old are we? Uh, oh, I would it? say uh, 10 years old, if not earlier. Did he start making stuff? No. I I, I just, because I was embarrassed about it, I didn't oh, admit really? it to anyone until I was like 13. Wow. I never said a word. Even though I was doing school plays and stuff, I never said a word about, I want to be like a, a, a movie or TV actor until I was like... Uh, early teens, and I said it to my mom. But I, I, I would always, I would just privately always play and pretend I was in a movie or or act out scenes always by myself. Wow! Which is why still mirror. No, just just in your room, in my room. Yeah, either lip syncing to songs, but really like not like <laughs> jumping around 
uh, like in a movie, but really like I am in this band. This is real. <laughs> but also, but also, uh, like acting out scenes by myself from like nine years old on, whatever, whatever it was, I was kind of in this whole world. Yeah, that was my room when I had the door. I, there were no locks on the door, so I was always freaked out about someone walking in. It was like worse than masturbating. Wow, it was me that's a, that's your memoir, worse than masturbating, <laughs> and it's you <laughs> oh, with a comb singing. That is so per- worse than masturbating. That is, it <laughs> says titles. it all. It says it all. Yeah, um, worse than masturbating. My journey, my to becoming an actor to the middle. <laughs> my I, rise to the middle. Uh, I, I, uh, what was I going to say? I was, uh, anyway, yeah. You were afraid of people coming in, no yeah. lock on the door, you're doing lip syncing. Or, yeah, or like pretending I'm in The Outsiders or St. Elmo's Fire or just all Rob Lowe movies. Yeah. Um, you wanted no, to be I, Rob Lowe. <laughs> right. Uh, no, that was kind of, that was kind of it. And then, uh, and I think it was probably like, Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that. Like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, that looks. Did you have fun. anything? I remember going to like Universal Studios or Disney or something uh-huh. and watching the live action Indiana Jones yeah. scene and always wanting them to pick me. Oh, always. Like some little kid is going to follow Indy yeah. through the journey. And do you have any moments like that? We were just, I just had another guest on. We were talking about volunteering in magic shows or yeah. street performers. Did, did that ever happen where you're. Your secret got to shine a little bit. I did a, um, I took a magic class once, like at the community center. Hold on one second. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think I was like eleven and uh-huh. took a class with a real magician at the at the community center, and for whatever reason, the local news came to just I... get. They had, did Can. a story on a local magic class, Can. and so I got on television Can. doing like this chubby eleven-year-old standing next to a magic teacher, and I was like holding a scarf or yeah. a sil- a piece of silk for him to do the trick or whatever. I was I was assisting him, and that was a huge deal. I watched ah. that, you know, one second of footage over and over and over wow. again. Wow. Um, You're helping me realize that, like, if I got on the local news for holding a sign at Fenway Park for the A's, I, I would go and root for the A's, even though we're why? from Boston. Because I think even back then, I, 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 I'm a bit of I can't, you I just have wanted an individualist. Attention? Yes, I wanted attention. Whoa. I loved Jose Canseco, and I liked the A's because of the hat. So it wasn't just you weren't rooting for whatever team was playing the Red Sox. No, you I were just like rooting. The A's. You liked the A's because I saw my brother and my father, and they loved the Red Sox, and I didn't understand yeah. really the link between their their cultural, yeah. geographical identity. I was just like, well, I like the A's, <laughs> and in my mind, you didn't get that the Red Sox were. A Boston? I mean, I think I did, but I thought by liking the A's that my dad would be like. Holy shit. This is cool. There's something about yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. What is it about yeah. <laughs> Jose Canseco? And I'd make a sign and I'd get on the news and would stay up and watch the news. And you got on? To see. I don't remember if I got on, oh, which means okay. I probably didn't. But like, they'd film it. Yeah, and yeah. And would be like, oh, I'm going to be on the news. And you, that thrill, yeah. that's, that's, that was our YouTube, was trying to get on the local news. I remember that was also the first time 
the, it was that kind of rude awakening of man that news crew was there for like three hours and not only was the story less than a minute i'm i was on television for less than a second yeah boy this is a br- brutal business <laughs> you got the lesson <laughs> yeah right away right away yeah, I was cut from the news altogether. Sure. Yeah. You didn't even get on there. I was thinking about the people that were in the party down spec pilot that were recast. Yeah. I mean... That's a little brutal. It is. Yeah. It's just like, woo. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Were you ever fired from anything, uh, showbiz-wise? No, I don't think so. I haven't been in enough things that I was hired. So many things that I did was... Either I was writing on other people's shows, and I would get in trouble sometimes like i got in trouble for auditioning for something while i was on script oh right (laughs) so i would i would get reprimanded occasionally um for shenanigans like that but uh never fired have you been fired i recast i I remember harris whittles when he was when we were doing parks he would come and do uh Whatever it was he was doing, like as an example, he would come and do um, podcasts with me and Scott Ackerman, right? But he was, I think, on script. So there would always be like a list of like, okay, um, as he's out the door, like, don't tell Mike you saw me here. But if you do... If you do talk to him, just tell him, like, you saw me in passing or something. But only if he says, that, like, there was always, right, like... Right, of course. It's like because, having an affair. Yeah. On script, by the way, means you are gone for a week or maybe two weeks. Yeah. And you're supposed to be writing a script. Yeah. I've always written fast, so I would write my script in two days. I'd take and the remainder of around. the time to fuck around. Yeah. And then I'd look at it again two days, two more days before I'd turn it in. Yeah. And that is, if someone was writing a script for me and they did that, I'd go... Thank you very much. Yeah. Because your subconscious has to do, a, if, if you're like me. Yeah. Some people want to grind and chisel and yeah. like a bonsai tree, they do the micro trims But you would day. be like, I envy what you're able to do. Is that what you're saying? I like, I like the way I do it. I think, write it, then yeah. think about it for uh-huh. a week, then go sure. back and all these new ideas and jokes will just Sure, sure. Flow. Rather than just being focused on it for five days. I don't care if you look like you're working. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a dot com. Let's play ping pong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they're right. Let's ride around on a Segway. That's right. And really explore the ideas. Speaking of Segways, which mm-hmm. parent did you like more of? <laughs> um, you were saying, we're talking about your early drive and you got on the news yeah. and you learned the harsh lesson that you were cut down to less than a second. Yeah. But you had it on VHS? The, the, the news appearance, yeah. You, and you yeah, rewind and watch it. and rewind and oh, watch yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. And then, but you were in plays as well. Starting in junior high school, I started doing plays. Um, you sound like Christian Bale. Has anyone ever told you that? Yeah, I get that I'm constantly. S- I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah you um, both have that same. You could do a good Bale. Do it. Seriously, you are could you do joking? That I sound like Christian Bale? And you don't get it constantly. No. Because you sound so much like him. Really? That I'm like, you probably would get that. Concept. I've just been watching the the Christian Bale Batman movies with my son because he's 12, so High we five. can just the, rewatch Batman the, Begins like a week ago. So good, yeah. And Dark Knight, fantastic. Fuck. Third one, no, thank you. Third one just needs that that action news team from Santa Cruz to come in and just do do a little cut job here and there. You know, <laughs> you mean trim like, it down. Yeah. 
they, they need to learn that harsh reality that I learned at 11 years old. That's funny. I also remember the, the shooting, the terrible shooting that happened, making Bane and his guns less yeah. fun. You know what I mean? Because was... everybody that went and saw it had it in their consciousness yeah. that that happened. And so there's this scene with all this... And I'm not trying to be funny or cute or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying it was traumatic to the country and it, and it, it tainted the movie a that little bit. A but I also, bummer. separate from that, of course, it was super sad. Very, very sad. I'm still sad about it. But like, and I just couldn't stop thinking about the plot and how much I hated the plot. Why? What? I don't, I'm not, re- I, I haven't watched that one yeah. with my son yet. So it's been a few years. I didn't like weak old uh, Batman with a cane. I didn't like that. But doesn't he regain his strength? Slowly. And you know uh, what? Your point number one, and by the way, we're going to get back to Adam Scott. He fights Bane, okay? This yeah. is a classic hero's journey. He yeah, fights yeah. Bane and he loses. Right. And Alfred's like, maybe this one, you don't have what it takes. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's like, I, and he's like uh, okay, he's going to learn a lesson, right? Yeah. He just tries harder. Right. Fuck you. And then he wins? There's no symbol. There's no growth. There's no, there's nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing happens that uh-huh. that he would steal himself. There's not even a new gadget. At yeah. least give me some fucking bullshit spectacle. But don't they he have the airplane? fights harder. Don't they have the uh, the hovercraft? Wasn't there a flying a, he, I think he flies in mobile? the Batarang, but that's not how he beats The Batarang? He j- the Batarang. I love the Batarang. That's a Well, batarang. the Batarangs are what yeah. he throws. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. But they don't call him that in the movie. But he just tries harder. Okay. And also, he, is it, he's like somewhere in a dungeon, and he climbs out, right? So I guess that's the metaphor for him finding his strength. And then there's strength. Catwoman as well, or Batwoman. Catwoman. Catwoman. And I didn't care for that. But what, what was... Do she... See, it's been a while since I saw it, and I'm not remembering. Was she a good guy or a bad guy? I mean, you're, they have you right where they want you. Too many characters. No, I mean, they want you to go, is she good or bad? Okay. But, uh, but then she ends up being good, right? Yeah, kind of. Like helping out? The other thing, we made fun of this in all my... And then they have Robin. Yep. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So they have a lot of characters. Just a lot of... And then it ended, and I was like psyched because I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I was like, oh, cool. Now we're going to start Batman all over again with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. And and then no. they never did that. And they didn't. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's a... <laughs> No, but didn't it seem like he was going to turn into Batman? Yeah, totally. Uh, here, when you watch it, I'm going to ruin it for you. The blank slate. There's so much pipe on the blank slate. The blank slate. You mean the tool that helps oh, criminals wipe yeah. their history? And it ends up being Marion Cotillard. Yeah. She ends up being the big bad guy. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I did a video yeah. making fun of the fact that he had sex with the villain. It's called Batman Can't Stop Thinking About Sex. <laughs> and I kept waiting for him to be like, I totally boned. We boned. Yeah. We boned. Because that's what happens whenever you like run into someone or anything with anyone you had sexual contact with. It's all you can think about. That's so can you my, imagine that's been my experience? Battle, yeah. Can you imagine battling that person for like the fate of the world? It'd be really distracting. Were you joking? Can you transcend the fact that you've no, dated never. somebody? No. If I'm with somebody that I that I've hooked up with. Uh, it's it's happening. Yeah. I don't mean I'm picturing them naked or anything, but there's just like a tension of like always. Hi, wow, yeah. yeah. It's like this is so weird. If there was someone who I gave CPR and I saved their life, I can't just talk about lemonade recipes. No, of course. I'd be like, I pulled you out of that pool. Yeah, and that's what I think of as sex. Yeah, sex is me 
being rescued by a woman, right. and I'm in a pool, and I'm cold and wet, and my nipples are hard. <laughs> that is sex. And I'm coughing up chlorine. Sex. That's what sex with me is like. <laughs> and that's why there's not a lot of people that I run into <laughs> that have had what I call the chlorine experience. <laughs> Wait, we had a chlorine experience together? <laughs> did we or did we not? That's your autobiography. The chlorine experience? Yeah. Oh, my God. Good titles today. Um, so then what was 1993? I just mean, what What do you mean when you say those numbers? I'm just kidding. A series of things. Add them up and you've got a huge clue. 22. That's right. No. It is that means no, It's meaningless. Oh, but um, how old were you in 1993? How old was I in 1993? Just kidding. And on the off chance it was 22, that would no, have been fun. No, it wasn't. Um, uh, what was your first break? I got a... Uh, that's the year I graduated from school in, in like the spring of 1993 and then went, move. it was, went to school in Pasadena. So I moved to Hollywood, which felt like a big move, but it's, it's Pasadena to Hollywood. <laughs> the Oregon trail. Uh, exactly. <laughs> how many of you were it's like Lewis and, and how Clark. many made it? <laughs> um, uh, I got a guest spot on a, a pilot for MTV, which so wait, like, you had an it agent? It sounds like nothing. Is I it... got an agent. I How? you know no you came to a local theater? I got a a manager that I had to pay a monthly fee to. It was one of those. I had to pay her forty bucks a month to never heard represent me. Thing. Yeah. How did and she I, see you? Uh I went and uh, auditioned for her in her office. And I remember before I had to come in with a monologue and sit in a chair at her desk, and she said, Listen, I'm really busy. So if if my phone rings, I'm going to take it, but you just keep acting. And lo and behold, that exact thing happened during my monologue. And I just kept going and the phone rings. She grabs it and just put it up to her mouth like this. And was like, yeah, what? Okay. Well, I got someone in here now. Okay. No, no, no. Tell him, tell him no. Okay. Bye. While I'm like, and then the night fell and I was, oh. cold, you know, like. Acting. This is like La La Land. Yes. I love that scene in La La Land. I never saw it. There's a great scene where she's auditioning and like she's really acting her pants yeah. off and they're like waving someone in the door behind her. It's oh, just God. like really well yeah, done. it's I like that. that. Except lower Worse. stakes. And you're younger and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so th- but anyway, you- so she was cool enough and to represent. Like I didn't care about paying her. Like I didn't care if it was... I guess it's unethical, but she was getting me auditions. Yeah. And she would get me these. She's like, I got you an acting job. And I would go and I was an extra. And I would be like, I think I'm an extra. And she's like, it doesn't matter. You're on a set. And she was right. I was yeah, like, she was right. I liked being an ex. You know, I did a bunch of like music videos as an extra. But then I got a guest spot on a TV show on a pilot for MTV. It was from her. Dead. Yes. So I get this audition and I do well, and I got an agent from that. It's so boring. It's not but boring. The, so I got this agent, Premier Artists Agency. That <laughs> in, actually, they represented Alicia Silverstone at the time. I'm was, sure they told you that a few times. Yes. And, <laughs> and I remember she was there once when I came by to like pick up a script or something. And it was pre-Clueless, but during the Aerosmith uh, I videos. forgot about the Aerosmith so videos. She was a huge deal, um, and she and, and uh, so anyway, that's incredible. Yeah, 
So anyway, they were very nice. Did you say hi to Alicia? I did. I met her and and uh, were you crying when you met her? And yeah, I was crying. I was crying and dying. I wish I could pull out the rest of those, those lyrics. No, the the rest of the song titles for the other because she was in like five of their videos. I was also she? pleased. I think that's a lyric. It's I was crying when I met yeah. you. So now I'm dying to forget you. Oh yeah, that's good. And no, you, that's what I know. That's what you were doing. Okay, good. I'm just I, saying. I wish I could pull out the other song. See, this titles. is my dysfunction. I'm like, my mom does this too. I'm like, I want to show you how good my joke was. <laughs> Be like, no, Adam. I wasn't just saying the title of the song. I was yeah. quoting lyrics. And I'm like, yeah, no, I was there with and you. Cut to Steven Tyler listening to this through a radio somehow. <laughs> that's right. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, talk about live. And then Robin Williams comes in and goes, I like that voice. Ooh, I'm going to do that voice. Did Steven Tyler, when he's saying that about this podcast, is he <laughs> holding a microphone with scarves hanging from it? No, he's holding a chicken leg that has a, on a microphone stand with scarves, and that's how he eats chicken. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to have some chicken, baby! He keeps kicking, and his doctors are like, Stephen, stop burning Cut the calories. It out. You need some for functioning. And, he's and, like, then, and then Joe Perry comes up and... <laughs> Leans. Puts his leans his back against him with his shirt open, and they also he takes a bite of the same wing. Yeah, because there's something just a little bit. Are they going to kiss about their performance? Absolutely, which we love. We love it, and then they just both take a bite of the chicken, and we're like, oh, <laughs> everything's all right. Yeah, I remember my girlfriend Leela, my girlfriend in high school. My daughter's yes name was my like high school love's name, and she. I remember she used to think it was for Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses videos. You know how like both Slash and Joe Perry would show their their pecs off. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, sure. Like they were like oily pecs. Yeah, yeah of course. And that they, was the chicken. That was the chicken that they <laughs> would the chicken. end up eating. <laughs> but she thought that was awesome. And I was always like, what the fuck? Why are you? Oh, why you, are didn't you like it? it? No, not really. That's funny. It, I, it like for whatever reason that got me uh, rabidly insecure. Just the just this little sliver of pectoral. I think I was thirty five when I was okay with somebody being like, "Wilder Valderrama has some nice buns," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yo, Mama's got some nice buns." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Now yeah, yeah. if Val is like. Oh man, they're good looking. I'd just be like, "Yeah, that's a that's oh, a good yeah. looking man." But I think I was thirty five. No, yeah, I, I'm joking, but it was in my thirties. But I definitely would have been like, because I would have been like, I would never say Alicia Silverstone sure is hot in those videos. Yeah. So I wanted people to have to mirror my shame. Yeah. And their freedom was threatening to me. Yeah. And I, I also didn't why. have pecs. I would be put into a jealous uh, tailspin over. Like at 16, just because I didn't know. I think part of it also was you're emulating what you think a relationship is supposed to be from what you've seen in movies. And, That's right. Right. And if there was a scene in a movie where if it's The Notebook and Rachel McAdams goes, look at those pecs, you'd yeah. be like, oh, they're breaking up? Yeah, right. <laughs> Would ruin the romance. Right. So I need to put my foot down about this. That's right. Because she's trying to ruin this Let, relationship. Let's remember that as we're both moving forward and writing scripts to put in moments where people are just like, 
yes, I don't own your sexuality. That's right. I can <laughs> like, no speak fooling. freely about Wilmer Valderrama's buns. I bet he does have nice buns. I, mean, I can't picture them. One hundred percent certain. But in a nice have. gray slack. Oh yeah, or just some low hanging uh, tapered jeans. Sure, you know. I like what you did. I went high and tight. You went low and loose. Low. I want to see the, just the top of that bun crack. <laughs> just the desert dunes. Yep. Just let, let's see those desert dunes, Wilmer. Next time we see him at a at a party, I've never seen him at a party. But next time I see him at a party, I'm going to go. Let's see them desert dunes. Well, he's a big fan of the pod. He loves it. And he's going to come up and say it. Yeah. You want to see those desert dunes? <laughs> that is the voice. Of wow. That is the voice of a wow. character that he played for from, many years. From uh, that seventies yeah, that nineteen okay. seventies television. You're right. Now it's so now funny. just occurring to me how racist yes. that character was. I can't help it if my mirror is accurate. Wow. I'm holding a mirror up to that seventies show. That was a <laughs> character on a TV show for like eleven years. I know. Did anyone you ever know go, hey, that's not okay? Nope. No. Fez, you, you know this, foreign exchange student. That's not even his name. Oh, is that? That's the name they of the character. They just call him Fez because he's a foreign exchange oh, student. Oh, wow. And I just did Topher Grace's podcast, and I bet they took it out because I could not stop making jokes about Wilder Valderrama. Oh, really? And how he kept, I don't think I did the voice because I was being more thoughtful that day. Uh, but I kept going like, I'm so horny. <laughs> is I'm that what he always he, said? Oh, I don't God. think I ever. It was a great show, but there was it, a. I mean, I liked it at the time. I'm sure it, it is great, but there was a formula to it. And whenever they needed a blow, Wilder Wilmer would, would say, say like, "That cake is making me horny." Yeah, I yeah, really yeah, want yeah. to do the voice. Sure, that would have been a funny moment if I had done the voice for um, some of us and hurtful for others. Just do it again, and then you you, know, you cut the shit out of this. Anyway. Oh, we cut it into like a real Ken Burns style. And you add music. There's. We we actually have an actor do a lot of what you say that again. Would, that would be great. We're going to get bail. it up a little bit. We're going to get bail. Christian Bale comes in. I bet you could do a great bail. Yeah. Anyway, I got a bail. You know, that could be something that you like say it. while you're doing. I got a... I am bail. Anyway, I'm bail. <laughs> um, so... Hilarious. No, not hilarious. I loved it. Um, I loved it. What uh, we're talking about your break? You got on an MTV show. Oh right. Anyway, oh you know what I was going to say, and then we can move on because we're at capacity year, year one of my career, and I'm taking a long time to even get through it. But the thing that blew my mind at the time is when I got this job on a pilot. And it was even it was a guest spot on a pilot. It wasn't even like a I was going to be on the TV show, but just the fact that I am going to be on television, yeah, was so huge because I had grown up not interested in anything else, mm. just going to the movies or watching whatever TV set was nearby. Yeah, that's all I did yeah. and wanted to do. So the fact that I was going to be on that was so huge yep. that um that of course I was disappointed when I was and and it was still 
intensely hard to get any traction and took years and years and years. But Ray, you thought you'd just be made. Well, maybe I think, yeah, I think that of course I had unrealistic expectations of being (laughs) in a, a guest star on a pilot of a, of a show on MTV, but, um, but, uh, but it was, uh, anyway, just that, that, that moment of getting that job was like, unlike anything else, you know, the first time yeah. you get some sort of break or whatever. Anyway, you're making me realize that when I used to go to the movies at the Burlington mall in Massachusetts, before the screen was even showing previews, I'd look at the enormity of the screen. Yeah. And just imagine that someday I might be on yeah. that screen. Yeah. And you had that. It seems like you had that same fundamental fascination. Yeah. And it, let's not call it ambition, but just like a dreamy, like, I, th- I got to get up there. Yes. I remember like when Ben Affleck, the accountant, and Matt Damon, <laughs> uh, the informant. Uh, Rainmaker. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Goodwill Hunting, and they were from Cambridge, yes. which is where I went to school. Oh, that must have been a big deal. That was a big deal for me, yeah. and I was like, uh, oh, it's not just... It was the same thing like when my friend Rob Bell, who wrote a bu- he writes a bunch of books, was like, you should write a book. You're just like, oh, right. It's yeah. not like special people. Yeah. It's people that like figure out what do you need to do. I mean... I suppose there's some specialness involved. Like, let's, I always say you should follow the dream that's also following you. So you're getting feedback uh-huh. that, like, I think I can do this. Uh-huh. And it went in line with your dream. I, I had a similar situation, but then I saw examples of local boys. Uh, you know, there were just newspaper yeah. articles that were like, these two kids from Cambridge are uh, in a fucking movie. They, they used to be uh, just taking a piss right over that, there. That's right. I know what. We used to tell stories like that because they were a little bit ahead of me in school and they went to the Older high school that most people that went to my grade school went to. Mm-hmm. And so we had older brothers and stuff that knew them. And it was just like, where do they poop? You know, like yeah, we just yeah, wanted yeah. the basics. Oh, yeah. I Hell still yeah. do. I... James Corden I did this podcast and I asked him because he hung out with T. Cruz. Yeah. And I was like, what does he eat? Oh, yeah. I want to know the I basics. I loved that segment they made when they jumped out of the plane. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Did he have stories? He did. He had a oh, great story cool. that he hasn't told before. I think it'll come out before this one so I can spoil it, but it's about how Tom Cruise gave James his phone number and it was like an elaborate Mission Impossible. He opened a, opened a box and there was a code and then there was a cake with a message on it. Whoa. And when he cracked it, it was Tom's number. And he called it. And this is the best part to, the, to me. Tom answered when he called it. And James went, is that Tom Cruise? But in a better voice. And did what did Tom Cruise say? He, they he just... went, now you have my number. Wow. And then I think a fuse was lit. Oh, yeah. And the music But that's what's great about T. Cruise. Among other things, he's self-aware. He doesn't enough. care that he's like, you want the theme, you yeah, want the, yeah, yeah. What do you want? You want me to say, show you, show yeah. me the money. That what was, do you need? That was another thing from this three-hour-long Christopher McQuarrie interview is that he also would say, you know what? We were running out of light. We didn't have time. We were out of money, and we we had two minutes and 27 seconds to to finish the day or we were going to hit a penalty whatever the high stakes were and he's like he he had he had two minutes we turned around on tom 
and he did the whole scene, got his his coverage in one take, and that's what's in the movie. What scene? Like more than one. I there, need to do some karate kicks right now. Yeah. I'm going to stand up and do a few freewheeling karate kicks. You go back and watch that movie knowing that they were out of time and they had one take worth of time left. And T. Cruz. T. Cruz brought it. And you know he's too T. Cruz to brag about it. Yep. But in comes McCormick. Yep. To bra- Can I tell you my theory that might make you enjoy the movie more? Yeah. I hope. Let's just say my, my hope is mm-hmm. that it'll make you enjoy the movie more. Is... That life is an impossible mission. So we have all these movies like Coen Brothers movies yeah. where there's a, an unstoppable death character. Oh, no fucking country. Miller's Crossing. I just saw There it. you go. No Country yeah. is another great yeah, one. Yeah, a yeah. Fargo, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. I know that wasn't them, but they produce it. You know, yeah. They love the, meta, the, the symbol of Raising death. Arizona, yeah. Raising Arizona. That's yeah. right. You can't stop yes, death. It's, it's coming. coming for you. Yeah. Mission Impossible, you can't stop life. Yeah. Oh, Ethan, that's so Ethan Hunt is a flower growing in a crack in a sidewalk in Chernobyl. He is not going to be stopped. He won't be stopped. He will figure it out. That's right. So just as death can't be stopped in the Coen Brothers movies, Tom Ethan is Hunt. he's getting hit, hit by a car and he gets up yep. because every death makes room for life. Yeah. That's, what it, that's what's going oh, on that's here. That's so interesting. And I remember he, once fun? on an episode of this show, you Should said, you choose to accept it? Yeah, he said something, um, you said something that stuck with me when you were like, there's a certain point where you just realize like, whoa, every hundred years, all new people. That's what Ray Romano said. Oh, he said it yeah. to you? Because you said it again. I hope uh, I footnoted him, but he goes, hundred years, all new people. Oh, God, it's fucking yeah. crazy, Isn't especially when you start getting a little older and you see all of your movie stars dying and getting old. You see your parents uh, and, and their friends uh, getting older, and you start realizing like this place, it's not long, and it just recycles and recycles. That's right. That's right. And those people that we see pictures of a hundred years ago, they weren't thinking about the fact that their history, they're That's they're right. living, they're like this I say is this about, everything. I say this about Leela. Our future is her nostalgia. Yeah. So the phone that she'll remember as. What I remember as like the Garfield phone, yeah, like the yeah. novelty Garfield oh, yeah. phone, will be my future. Yeah. So that's another perspective. That's another eating dogs moment where I'm like the phone that I'm like I look at it and it unlocks. Although I don't have that phone, I'm just saying that's a thing. Yeah. She'll be like, "That's my nostalgia." That's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Like this thing is going to be so corny. That's corny. It's corny now. Um, <laughs> you have an Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. Um, not to brag, but uh, NTB, no biggie. NB, NB, not to brag. NTB is not to brag. Not to brag. And NB is no biggie. No bigs. <laughs> um, what was that? I was I wanted to? Oh, the Mission Impossible movie. Um, uh, three is great too. Three is great. The J.J. Abrams one. J.J. I love the. Um. The one where they're the tall, tall building as well. I didn't like that one. You didn't? Why? I didn't like the villain. I didn't. I, I wasn't compelled by the villain. Who is the villain? My point uh, made. Yeah. Signed, sealed. I guess delivered. I don't care. I guess I'm you just looking do. to choose life. I'm looking for life. Villain in Fallout is fucking. It's great. Great. Fallout and the one before. It's the same villain, right? And I think that's the tall building one, though. Oh, it is. 
I just didn't. But the villain in Fallout is the same villain as the movie before. It's what's his name? But there's an. I don't want to do a spoiler. But there's a twisty villain too. You're right. You're right. I'm right. Um, I'm right. But uh, but oh, because Fallout I think is. I'm going to rewatch it. It's now that you like oh, the, the tall building one. The, I'm going to watch it again. The one before Fallout. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol is yeah. great. I'm going to rewatch it. You should. I've only seen it once. Oh, it's great. And that's not fair. And I went in hoping it would be like three. And it was yeah. its own thing. I went and rewatched one, and yeah. it's really fun. It's really, really good. It's really good. I can't get over that he catches a sweat with his hand in a way that would have made him topple. It's. Wow. You, you, you have just kind of this, this, this impossible. Uh... Mission? Yeah, you have an impossible mission of of uh, of standards for. I don't movies. think it's too much to ask if you're going to hinge the most iconic scene of that movie that is still parodied uh, on him. Yeah, that that. he is being harnessed, and he's so close to a floor that if he touches it, an alarm would go off and the mission is ruined. Yeah. And a drop of sweat is coming. And they just solve it with an insert of his hand moving it in a way that we all know, if you're paying any attention, would cause him to lose balance and touch the floor. How the it perfection of T. Cruz. I don't, I'm not, because you're not T. Cruz, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but how T. Cruz drinking his celery juice yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. he's doing yeah. wasn't like, hey, have you noticed that we're doing an insert yeah. that would betray the device of the, the physics? physics of this? Yeah. What was that? The thing that's interesting about that movie is the big finale where he gets blown and lands on the train. Yeah, Remember blown. that? He gets blown on the train. <laughs> nice. Uh, that Those effects hold up. Do they? It looks cool. Great. Yeah. FYI. I, I, I also, in Ghost Protocol, I don't... I think... Am I getting this right? There was one where they were trying to resist technology, and I like in Fallout that they were just like, yeah, we use iPads. Yes. I like that. I also one thing I like about all the Mission Impossible movies is shit doesn't work. Yeah. Stuff stops working. And that's something that's a great device that they fall back on over and over again and it's thrilling every time is something stops working. That's right. That's to, your glove yeah, while he's great. climbing the Because that's what life is. Yeah. That's that is what you just said, hundred years all new people. That is my hip will start to hurt. Yeah. But we keep going. Yeah. And we eventually die, but we but life keeps going. Yeah, okay. um, I saw McCormick, and I almost went because I was on Mc, Christopher McQuarrie. McQuarrie, yeah, I called him McCormick. Yeah, There's, and I almost told him my life. Hardcastle and McQuarrie, but I feel like he knows. I feel like those movies are made from a place where they're like, yeah, we know what he's a metaphor for. Did you say anything to him? No. Oh, you should have. I was on the show with the woman who plays the the agent that Ethan is in love with, and I'm oh, forgetting yeah. her name. Re- uh, Rebecca, Rebecca. Some, uh, something. She's really, really She's so beautiful. great and beautiful, yeah. I'm sorry. To, I, I Forgive me for starting with beautiful. She's great. And she happens to be one of the most beautiful people in the world. She's, but we've been talking about Tom Cruise for five hours, we, and I didn't mention his beauty. This is a... So I call bullshit on myself! This is a... Uh, I put the Oh my god. Steven Tyler with his chicken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> KFC. Do you think he ever looks at the chicken before he eats it and says you can't handle the truth? <laughs> Steven Tyler says it? Uh-huh. Can why? you can you put that through the Tylerator? But why would Steven Tyler say it? 
Why not? You can't handle the truth. And then just take a big bite of that. Honk! <laughs> young love. And he starts singing young love. Sure. Better keep your woman inside. Um, I think uh, that's the lyrics. So we talk about God at the end. What do you believe is going on here? Oh, boy. Uh, well, we really talk about the meaning of life. You were yeah. raised by an ex-Catholic and a science man. Yeah. And what it... Like... What is the frame or the lens that you look at this under? You know, sometimes I do sort of wish that there was some, there I had some structure. uh, A container? Yeah, as growing up, because I did grow up in in an environment of, you know, that's all hard objectivity. Hard yeah, materialism. That, none of because you know my mom grew up Catholic and so she was um, kind of disassociating herself with that as not not you know in a in a way where she is. But she had uh, some rebellious feelings. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was by the time I came along. I don't know if it was rebellious anymore, other, other than just non practicing. You know, oh, I see. And my dad. Oh, so she wasn't bitter. No, no, no. Okay. No, it just wasn't. She didn't keep. Uh, she didn't keep it as you know. Continue making it a ritual and part of her life. We didn't right. go to church ever. Right. And, and my dad, a scientist, was. I'm picturing him with not, beakers. Did he have beakers? There were beakers. I used to help him. <laughs> he because in one of his classes they would dissect frogs. So I would go with him to. He worked at a college in town. I would go with him. And he had a bucket of live frogs, and he had to pith all of them. Just take a needle and stick it in the back of their head, and then put the dead frog into another bucket, and then bring those into the class. And you cut it open, and the heart still beats for like an hour and a half. And so you could, you can, you know, work on the on the carcass of the frog while seeing all the systems working. If you if it's just brain dead for a while, so I would. S- Stand I there. need to take a shower. Yeah, I don't know, I know what I need. I need something. I yeah. think it's ice cream or... And I would stand there and, and pith uh, the frogs with him, getting them ready for his class. Like, pith an, an entire bucket of frogs. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he'd take... Yeah! Them. Yeah. So that's... That's nuts. And that being a... a uh, just a part of the day's work is was sort of and and also in that did you have any childish like i don't want to kill frogs and he was like don't be ridiculous no and if i did he there's no way he would make me do it or whatever i thought it was i think i thought it was interesting or cool or i loved looking at it when it's cut open and seeing you know any kid would right right um i was too much i'm not saying you were not sweet yeah or or maybe vulnerable. Yeah. I would just. I used to cry when I see squirrels get hit by cars. I'd yeah. just be like, I can't. Yeah. And when we did that, now I'm thinking, wow, that would be fucking trippy to see that. Yeah. But at the time, you were just like, you have a different story in your head. You're like, it's school. It's something I have to do. Now I'm yeah. like, if you were doing that, I would be like, whoa, dude. I catch a I catch a spider in my under a cup in my house, and I'm like, yeah, like it's just a different. But yeah. what, if that had been school, I'd be like, fucking stupid. Yeah. I'm Bart Simpson. Yeah. The spider socks. Yeah. So, okay, so you were into it. It's true, though, because now, 
yeah, when I cat, you know the house uh, centipedes. Have you ever caught yeah, one of those? I caught one of those, dude. I love catching that it's and nuts. taking a look. That's the last thing that I caught, actually. Really? When They're I said spider, they are frightening because they have, what are they doing with all those? I legs? know, but they're incredible looking. I know. It was really cool. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that, like, fascination of that stuff is usually reserved to those near death. <laughs> yeah. You know what when I mean? you're usually, really soaking it all up. When you're about to be like, this is the end, then yeah. you're like, those were here? Let, let me take another look at that house centipede before I go. That's right. Um, One last look. Uh, you have very hairless legs. I know. It's weird. Is it? Well, they weren't always that way. I guess it's just it's weird enough that I noticed it. It it might be because you have dark hair. Side effect of Propecia. Oh, what's Propecia? It's a, I, I was just joking, but it's a hair <laughs> a pill you take for oh yeah, so your yeah, hair yeah, doesn't yeah, fall yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it does make your leg hair. I wish I could have yes ended that, but my pharmaceuticals aren't up to snuff that's great that you don't even know what propecia is you didn't you not you don't have to worry about it do you worry about that i mean that's a thing yeah of course yeah you don't want your hair to fall out now that you say it i remember when i when my wife left me my hair started falling out from stress like in the oh, shower really i i think i wrote that into crashing but a lot of my weird slow indie movie downbeats got removed so were you <laughs> married once before uh-huh oh okay i didn't know yeah. that was all and I'd look at my hands, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm uh, also going yeah. bald. And my friend told me about Propecia, and I briefly used Rogaine. You I did? I was putting Rogaine on what wasn't yet a bald spot or anything. Sure. But I was like, oh. Was Do just you rub spot. it in like a cream? I only did it for like one pack yeah. of threes worth. But I had another friend. We have all these showbiz friends, and they're like, that's what I do. And then I also I watched a 60 Minutes thing about it. And there was one that was made from fish oil, and I just started taking that. But eventually, I, would, I, I just was like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, I had an episode where I was like, just watch me decay. I'm an artist, not a model. It's just yeah. like, if you'd like to watch. I know, Louis, scandal noted. That's what we say if you want to talk about anybody yeah. with a scandal. Yeah. Scandal noted with compassion to everybody involved. Uh, I sort of like how he's like fat and bald. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. He's, yeah. he's like our clown. Or, you know, he was, he's sort of in a tricky place. So strange. It is. Somebody said to me, and I won't say who, because it's so hard to even talk about this, but somebody was like, one of the things that I think was making people sad, even if we don't talk about it, was that like, he's so good. And there's like a losing of, of when the pop culture and comedians both thought the same comedian was the best comedian. Yeah. Almost never happens. Yeah. I want full respect to victims and people that are angry and hurt. I, I see you. I'm being real. I see you and I respect you. Yeah. And I think they were right that there's like a, a, a concurrent and maybe not as important morning of like, ah, shit, man. I, he gave me joy. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I can relate to that because he, I, there's plenty of audio of me saying he's the best comedian. I think it's, okay to say that it's a very complicated sure uh situation when you start when someone like that in a way disappears yeah because of this horrible thing that they did right and it uh it doesn't at all i feel the uh, same way you know complicate the fact that what happened was horrible yeah and that's right there are, it's hard have to hold to be those consequences. two things in your head 
Yes, and there have to be consequences. Yeah. That's right. Of course. Uh, and he, by the way, he's not my favorite comedian. <laughs> I don't know why when these things come up. Who is he your favorite is, comedian? I love Bill Burr. Bill Burr is probably yeah, my favorite he's comedian. great. And you know what? Uh, Good actor, too. Great actor. Yeah. Great actor. Um, but Louis, yeah. I don't, it's so, I don't know why I feel tricky talking about it. He's a fucking phenomenal stand-up comedian. Yeah. That's Did you have any feelings when the audio leaked of his... Of his set? Yeah. I, I really, this sounds like a cop-out, I really see it both ways. I, I give people permission to be offended and upset, uh-huh. and I think a lot of that came from um, when people, especially sexual abuse, act like it didn't happen. Uh-huh. That is, I've said this before, but I feel like that's page one of the abuser's handbook, yeah. it's, especially when it's a family member or something. It's like, we will deny that by acting like nothing happened. Yeah. And that is an offense. Yeah. And then I can also see that Louis, to other people, comedians especially, is a symbol of like, Jim Norton was making this point. He was like, it's not his job to apologize or grow. He doesn't have to do anything. He's allowed to do comedy. So to him, Louis is a symbol of liberty, yeah. of agency, of yeah. our creative freedom. And believe it or not, it's not a cop-out. I'm sitting in the middle. Yeah. And I give, I witness both sides. He can be dark. And this is what I said to Jim on his radio show. I was like, he doesn't have to grow or apologize, but wouldn't it be great if he did? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people following his lead because that's how we are. And when there's alpha, and I said, like it or not, he's a symbol. He's become a symbol. So if he did, and he still may, and I don't think he'll hear this, but if he did, I'm optimistic and my heart is open to Louie. I'm like, yeah. grow and change because there's a, and, and, or I believe he is growing and changing. I'd like to, I'm an optimistic person. I'd like to think he's growing and changing because that's what great suffering tends to do. Yeah. And if he shared that journey, there are millions of people not as evolved that will see that symbol and that archetype and that powerful person demonstrating vulnerability yeah. and evolution and they and will redemption. soften. And they will soften, and that'll be a that'll be a true redemption, and also not just an empty forgiveness. That'll actually be growth facilitated by suffering, which is what we're here to do. What to I, alchemize yes. lead into gold. And what I also what occurred to me when that leaked out, and and I know there's a there's a you know when you're working material out, and it's not necessarily always representative of what that is going to evolve into. So. So just like a couple of dark jokes being thrown out there uh as sure you know it's 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 hard not to be kind of disappointed by but we but it's also we just can't a make jo- our art without an audience there right. like if he could just go in a studio right. and throw those at a blank wall so i i that's what i'm saying i see that point as well and it's weird when we start but you have to consider the medium is part of the message yeah but do I defend his right to make jokes about whatever he wants? You're absolutely right. And I defend anyone's right to speak out, be offended. And in that conversation, I hope there's growth. Not just us and them, and not just you're with him or you're with us, but in that tension, find a real deep solution to growth and change, not just you're with this team or you're with this team. I also think whether funny or not, the thing that occurred to me, whether comedy or not, if he ever chose to get out there and um, work through work through it, you think about what 
what that would be and whether it's comedy or not him and you know there's also i think a lot of people who legitimately don't even want to hear that right from him like fuck him who gives a shit right um but and then there's also people that don't want to hear it because they're like he makes me laugh who cares yeah like i work 20 hours a day or whatever i just i i look to him for laughs i'm i I don't need him to do that yeah so there's there's all these yeah you're right sides to it you're right and you know i don't know yeah what happens when we die what do you think over god are we the frogs yeah are we the frogs adam i think so but i also you know always hope there's there's uh something else but i i think there's nothing but you know i start i started thinking about death in a profound way at a i don't know i don't know if it's an early age around like 13 14 i started really thinking about it and uh i think that once you make that turn of really once your kind of brain wraps itself around um the fact that there is an an end to this and it's and it's it's a very real thing and it's possibly seconds away or it's possibly 90 years away it's just there um i think once you your brain takes that turn there's no kind of turning back from that yeah um but i don't know what do you what do you think happens do you still i think it's all this i i see a system of consciousness that is first of all not stranger than we imagine this is a terence mckenna quote it's stranger than we can imagine Hmm. so we start there Next tier down, we're dogs trying to understand the internet. Mm -hmm. So there's a humility going on. Mm -hmm. I am in awe and deep respect for what science has uncovered Mm -hmm. about how this universe works. And I feel like any good, from what I've heard at conferences, physics conferences, astrophysics, all that sort of stuff, they're like, we know 1%. They're like, we're doing Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. But we we feel like we're in the low percentage of what we really have a grasp on. So I actually take a lot of comfort in that. And what I see when I'm quiet, not thinking about it, but when I'm quiet or having an experience or whatever it might be, um, I see something more like a fountain than a linear story that's regenerating and repurposing. Mm -hmm. I believe that I die, Pete dies, but when it comes to my base awareness, the thing that's observing my small self, Mm -hmm. my false self from Boston is a comedian, is talking to you right now, lives in Los Angeles, has a daughter, is male, is tall, likes the first two Batman movies. I think that goes away. Steven Tyler. But the thing <laughs> the thing that science would call your consciousness or your awareness, that base thing, I think that is indestructible. I don't think mm. that's going anywhere. Interesting. And that gives me a lot of comfort. It doesn't go anywhere. I don't think anything happens to it ever. I, I think that's the game. Whether it has a heartbeat or not. Whether Here's what's important. Whether or not I know that that's what's happening, mm-hmm. I think isness or thisness mm-hmm. is, and, that, that's just, and it's just doing what it's doing, and it's playing a game. That's what Leela means, the dance of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's playing a game. It's doing what it does. It's lawful. It's unfolding just as the stars. So are we part of it. 
in in uh, Michael Gunger's book, this he says we're as part of the Earth and the universe and the and the solar system and the and everything as a tree is to the Earth. He just says we may be the wireless upgrades, meaning mm-hmm. we have this heightened illusion of separateness yes. because, because of I'm our walking. brains and exactly. our advanced and yeah, we need it sense of self to survive. Yeah, it's important. But the truth is, just like we were saying, the singularity was one thing. I think I am a part of that oneness. And I don't think I can escape that oneness. And I don't die and go into infinity. I'm a part of infinity right now. Whether or not my perception is that I live over yeah. and over or that I this or that or something that we don't couldn't even imagine, I don't think that's I think that's ego stuff, but I do think there's a spiritual reality that survives death, not in the way we were told as children, hmm. and may look very close to you die and it's over from your perspective. Yeah. But I think there's something at play that I, like I, I say on stage, I wouldn't be surprised at anything. Yeah. Ramin Nazer uh, has this great book where he, it's called what happens when you die or after you die or something like that. He did this podcast and it goes through all the options. And mm. one of them, one of my favorites is surprise party mm. is that you die and everybody's in on it. And they're just like, can you hey. or one of my favorites is like, I die and then I open my eyes and I'm an alien exhaling DMT. Ugh, you know what would I mean? Be incredible. What would be? What is weirder than waking up yeah. here? Yeah, something weird already happened to you. Yeah, and I know we can study it and chop it and dissect it and rebuild it and bounce it and break yeah. it, but something fucking weird is going on here, and I'm open to a lot, especially when you, start, including nothing, you start having children and. And you see that it's something that you and you another person made out of. You didn't need anything but yourselves. Yep, that's right. Your bodies. Like and a 3D, your wife is a three D printer. Yes, <laughs> and a uh, you know the sci the sci fi of it is hard is, is the hard sci fi of it is far too much to even wrap your head around, dude. When my wife was pregnant, and I've said this many times, so forgive me, weirdos, people listening, a cell went from one to two. Yeah. And right there, something doubled in size because it was consuming energy. Yeah. Doubled its size and then went whoop, yeah. into two. Yeah. And that's where we all came from. And that is the fundamental mystery at play. Something in its code, we call it love. Yeah. It's But it's the attraction... This thing that we're in is attracted to itself, yeah. and it wants to be, and it's fucking. We can call that impulse whatever you want. You could call it God. You could call it whatever. The source, the energy, yeah. the pulse, the electricity, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But there's something on the lowest levels that we can study that is fucking itself. And I said on stage recently, I'm like, we are God's cum shot. Like, and it's called it's called the Big Bang, man. Yeah, it's the Big Bang. It's not a polite move. It's an erotic, sexual, a sexual explosion. Yeah, it you is. Know, also, and we've been fucking ourselves ever since. There's that other. <laughs> there's the. Oh wow, that's the Batman and Joker. Yeah, that's my painting. Did you do that? I did. That's awesome. They're friends now. Um, They've always been friends. Is that what happened? They became really no, close. No, no. But you can't have forward without backward. What did you think of the Joker trailer? I think it looked. I think it looks good. I'm still cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think if anybody can do it, Joaquin Phoenix can do it. Yeah, because you know what the third Batman was supposed to be, which brings us back to my bias noted. Some of the things that detracted from my enjoyment of the third film, the third movie 
was going to be Heath Ledger in Arkham Asylum escaping. It was going to be the third Joker movie. But instead they were like, I don't know, Bane? And we're like, oh, great. I have no emotional ties to this. That would have been so cool. They just made a... They worked with what they had, but they... Well, what did you want them to do? Recast the Joker? No, I I sympathize. If we want to you know, get out of our fandom heart space and just be like, yeah, what are they going to do? And I love Christopher Nolan. I love Christian Bale. And that there's a part of me that even likes that movie. It's just so much more fun to be like, fuck that movie. I like Bane a lot. I, I, but I just wish they had a little more, if they leaned into him, like, I don't think they needed Marion Cotillard. And I think if they made Bane a, a a more kind of power, because he ended up just, what being a, a pawn of yeah. this larger thing if they there were a lot of ways to play bane yeah and they didn't really do any of them because the joker <laughs> being this agent of chaos and being well, he's a symbol he's a metaphor yeah. he's a, he's he's that never was... he's never forget you could die at any second yeah and his monologue about like the narrative so we eat dog we don't eat dogs and he goes and he says this in the movie a, a group of gangbangers get shot and nobody cares and he says because it's all part of the plan yeah Plan being the story, yeah. the story being the lie, yeah. the lie being society. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and nihil, not, you can't have order, Batman, without nihilism, the Joker. And then we have an arms dealer who's just kind of like climbing out of a hole. I'm just like, I, I, like, my, I like my angels and my devils. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, need yeah. like the B-list guy. I love that performance. I mean, I know. It's unbelievable. He, I mean, they won in... Oscar, there's no more to say about it, but really like watching it again. Keith Ledger won an Oscar for that? Yeah. A post-mortem Oscar? Yeah, yeah. I love that he doesn't recognize the Joker when he's wearing the, the nurse's mask. I know. That's one of my favorite yeah, things. Yeah, it's great. Then he pulls the mask off and then he goes it's like, oh, oh, it's the Joker. Shit. You couldn't see his... It's a um, great moment. Uh, oh, one other thing I was just going to say is the other extraordinary thing is that person that's in there from the very start. I know for a fact I was there when both of my kids were born and I was, you know, the first one to really like Naomi and I, but I had to like pick them up and bring them over to the table where they get cleaned and stuff, you know, that too. So that moment, yeah, but for both of them and now they're both, like I said, they're preteens now they're like people. And from that moment when they were cleaned on that table and I was just staying there with them because uh, they're cold and you want them to feel same person that they are now. Like mm. I saw that person in there. Yeah. I, they were both th- those little babies were distinct people, even at that yeah, moment. I believe you. You know, and I know what you're saying because our daughter is pre-thought, pre-language, yeah. pre-identity. Yeah. Ramdas has this beautiful thing about oneness where he's like, when we're babies, we're sort of aware that we're we're part of everything. Yeah. And he's like, but then you pinch the bedpost and you pinch your leg and you start to put together like, oh, I'm this, not that. Uh-huh. So you see the brain, which yeah. loves this, not that. It's yeah, how we're, yeah, we're yeah. ones and zeros. Yeah. You start to realize your separateness. And there's it's like a real learned thing. So I'm with you, though. We're watching the baby and we're getting a intuitive sense of who she is. Yes. And we're like, I think she's going to be. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I think she's kind of like yeah, yeah, loud. Yeah. I think she's going to be loud. Yeah. But like, she's also kind of calm, but she's yeah. loud. She's got a personality. I think she's funny. Yeah. 
And it's, I swear to you, it's not projection. I'm not going, yes, she's going to no, be spiritual. No, it, it's not. We're watching her quietly. Yes. And once, when she's 12 years old, you're going to look back on now and, and say, yeah, of course, that she's been, she's been doing this since she was born. Yeah. You know? That's, That's the right. extraordinary thing. It's all going to grow out from exactly who she is right now. It's all going to make perfect sense. Isn't that fun? Well, if that's the case, uh, we're so thrilled. We said when you held her, you held yeah. her on the way, and I was like, she's just the greatest baby yeah. in the world. She's so special. She really oh, is. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. She's a, she's a, she's a honey-baked ham. Yep. She's a marshmallow. 100%. Oh, my God. We could talk about that forever. Yeah. Well, it's warm in here. Do you have anything you want to plug now? Uh, Big little ICs too. That's in June, okay. so I don't know if it matters now. But yeah. I was just happy to to come and do this. Yeah. Oh, Twilight Zone. I'm on Twilight Zone. Plug your appearance that already on this came podcast. Out. Uh, I'm going to be on. Uh, Are you on you Kumail's episode? With, no, I'm on the uh, uh, Kumail's. It's called the Comedian, I believe. I'm a, I'm in. Um, nightmare at thirty thousand feet. Oh. It's cool. It's fun. It's it's it's. It sounds it's very fun. classic Twilight Zone. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I'm so glad you did it. Thanks, man. Me I too. really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Would you very say keep it. it crispy? It's how we end the podcast. Yeah, keep it crispy, everybody. <laughs> Come on. And is that a sauna? <laughs> Pink light gives rats cancer. Give it a goog. Goog it. Go to the Guggenheim is what we mean. <laughs> I'm doing your joke. Back no, you, to you. that was your joke. But the, you yes ended it and made it your joke because you went, that's what I meant. That's what and I that do. That was though. the funniest I, part. I take other people's jokes. That's what an actor is. That's right. <laughs> that's all it is. That's all it is. JK. I'm sure you riff your pants off. Never. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm so crispy, I'm so crispy, my ice game make you haters wanna keep